My name is Matt Brown. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let's start the show. Jesse, you asked me if I was in the meth business or the money business. Neither. I'm in the empire business. podcast with matt brown what's going on everybody i hope you're doing well it's the middle of the week it's thanksgiving week and i hope everybody is safe happy and dandy whenever and wherever you're listening to this podcast how are we doing today in this the last podcast before thanksgiving 2020 and it is right here right here right now i hope everybody's doing well i certainly am And please, 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 when you're out there this weekend for Thanksgiving weekend, be safe, be well, and do the right thing. And for any Black Friday shoppers out there and any Black Friday workers, even if Black Friday is a thing, again, be safe, be well, and do the right thing. So today, who do we have on this special Wednesday edition of the Productive Conversations podcast right before Thanksgiving? It's Joseph Del Rio, everybody. I know. It's insane. Joseph Del Rio, JDR. My former roommate. Manhattan's real estate mogul on the rise. This man is on my show. And I had the fortune to interview him. And he was fortunate enough to give us a lot of funny stories, a lot of jokes, a lot of good times definitely took place on our conversation not too long ago. What a great smile, beloved by everybody he's associated with, a great person for the ladies, a great person for the families, a great person for everyone in between. This is Joe Del Rio. This is his podcast. And the half surfer, half gamer, half workout specialist, half everything. I don't know if he's a gamer, but I bet he's good if he is. But seriously, in all in all honesty, Joseph Del Rio is one Hell of a guy, and I was really, really happy to have him on. So here it is, Joe Del Rio, it's your turn. Let's go. Here's my productive conversation with Joseph Del Rio, a.k.a. JDR. Let's go. We're making podcast history this evening, folks. I have one of the greatest people to graduate from the University of Hartford. Joseph Del Rio has joined me on the Productive Conversations podcast. He's a former roommate of mine. He's one of my best friends ever out of school. Every single time I get to either text him or talk to him in person, I just know there's always great vibes. Seriously, this is an amazing man. And I am blessed to have him on the show today. Joseph Del Rio, a.k.a. JDR, what is going on? Thank you for joining the Productive Conversations podcast. What's going on, Maddie B? You can also refer to me as the people's champ if you prefer. The, oh, of course. I do prefer the people's champ because you are the people's champs out here, Joe. Dude, dude, dude. I'm so happy you're here, man. Bro. Where do we start with the legendary JDR? I mean, first things first. So, it's been a crazy 2020. You are living in Manhattan now, and you're rising up in the in the world of real estate. So, I'm my first professional real estate 
was real estate agent here who works for the famous who works for a very great uh real estate firm i don't know if i if he wants me to say it or not but either or it's a very established place and he's rising up in the ranks and uh jdr bro i'm just so proud of seeing what you're doing in the real estate world and first things first and, and also being a success in this in the borough of manhattan in new york city man we you're the whole package here first thing first tell me how has it been living in Manhattan recently, especially amongst this pandemic? Um, that's a great question, Maddie B. It's been a little bit different, but, you know, adjusting to the new normal, uh, definitely, as everyone says, you know, outdoor dining's great, definitely utilizing that, um, and just kind of soaking up this warm weather for as long as we can, so mm-hmm. we continue the outdoor dining, um, and just not really thinking about tomorrow and just planning it day by day. Um, and keeping, you know, a positive mindset because that's what it's all about, especially in a time like this. Um, when there's so many un- uncontrollables, you just got to control what you can control. And that's your your mental health and your, and your physical health. So a lot of in-home workouts, a lot of runs around Central Park. Um, but, you know, I feel, I feel great. Um, and I'm just excited, um, you know, for what's in the future, you know, hopefully once this thing is, is wrapped up. Wow. Sooner rather than later. Inspiring as always, JDR. Man, I love that answer to that. Yo, tell me. So, you know, recording this on Tuesday. First, before we go any further, Maddie B, I'm I'm, I'm just excited to be on the podcast because you reached out to me when you were first starting (laughs) it, and then weeks went by and you kind of ghosted me. And I was like, (laughs) dude, what's up? And then you had people like Kevin Schaefer and and Aquaria. I'm like, dude, what what do I do gotta do to get on Maddie B's podcast? I guess I gotta have like a car commercial or something. <laughs> oh, JR, you know I can't ghost you or ignore you. I just been um you know, I asked a bunch of people at once and they all said yes all at once. So been fortunate enough for people willing to come on and trying to fit things in, but you were really high on the list and as soon as I had was better organizing the schedule you were one of the first i really really had to get and um now we're here for that so i do apologize for the delay and i promise there won't be any more extreme delays after that and and i just i'm already having a lot of fun this podcast and i hope you're already thinking about coming on again soon so um again uh, sorry for the it almost it almost didn't happen tonight for for various uh technical difficulties and i also had a hinge date but uh she canceled on what? We are. Hold up. You, <laughs> we have this hinge date cancel on you. Say her name now so we can expose her. Okay, not really, no. but um, I'm just kidding. Not really, but I, you could say, you could say the name of the firm I, I work for. I'm not I'm not that big of a deal yet. Okay, but you work for Compass Realty, and they yeah, have been hell yeah, six point four billion dollar valuation, uh, and I'm just along for the ride. Isn't and they've been all you know. Actually, I used to temp at Compass, Compass in Westchester. Believe it or not. Oh uh, really? I didn't. I thought I remember you told me that, and I thought like literally you were at my office. No, they uh, put me in the Westchester right. office, uh, the Larchmont's really? particular. Um, but I worked in Mar- Larchmont and Scarsdale is where I temped. Um, and yeah, what, I think. Uh, it, what interview number am I? What interview are you like in the rotation? Um, yeah, where, where am I? I'm, I'm definitely a bullpen guy, right? Like I'm not, I'm not in the starting five. 
no, but you're the closer out here. You're the Mariano Rivera. You're not the Aroldis Chapman. You're not blowing the save. I was hoping to get on, like, being, like, top five because, you know, when the podcast blows up, like, you know, people see my name under, like, the first five interviews, but no one cares about, like, number 17 or 18 or whatever. (laughs) They just care about the one that is in the moment. And, like, with you with this – I feel like I'm I'm number 17 or 18 on a lot of people's lists. (laughs) Don't don't take that too to heart. You know – um. I just want to say that Kawhi, that I'm um, sorry, Giannis with the 17th pick, and look at him now. I think um, throughout the history we could show some cool numbers like that. But it's the voice of the matter. It matters what's happening now at this moment. And um, we're only going up from here. I mean, Greg Kittle was a second round pick in the 46. He was a second round pick. I think pick 46. Best. I mean, well, that's a bad example because he's hurt. But um, Tom Brady was 199. So. Look where he's at now. Yeah. I, I think a lot of guys can relate to Tom Brady, right? <laughs> <laughs> With those draft pictures. Dude, especially, I mean, we all, we definitely know Tom Brady's doing something. I don't know. This man, what do you have, like a double chin when he got drafted and now he has no fat whatsoever <laughs> 20 years later? He's dating Giselle. You might have to edit all this out. It might get us canceled. But no. I'll let you judge that. <laughs> no, we're not canceling out here, man. No canceling out here. But um, we're just trying to pull through for uh, for all the people here. But the moment is here. You're here right now. You're having fun. And, and uh, dude, we're just making history. And you know, let's take a toast. You, you said break some brewskis out. So I got my Peroni Italian beer. You got your Natty Light. Natty, natty resources, some natural resources. Mm. 15 pack for like it was actually 15 pack for 10 bucks which is actually not a terrible deal would you get that Dwayne Reed yeah Dwayne Reed Dwayne Reed's going out of business though you think so you see oh how could they're they're shunned I see there's like they're like vacant all over the place it's sad to see CBS and Walgreens are pulling in there to take over yeah I mean it's crazy. I feel like every day I go out, you know, no matter what neighbor, like the neighborhoods I'm used to, like Upper East Side, I feel like every other time I walk out of my apartment, I see a, uh, like a, re- a store, a retail store or, or a place that used to be a restaurant that's mm-hmm. like closed for good. Um, Dude. It's really sad to see. Yeah. Like, as I was telling you, um, I was a former commuter till the pandemic's over in the city and just hoping for all the places I hung out at, I just hope they still survive. Before the pod, you did tell me the 13th step is still making it, which makes me happy to hear. Yeah, it was. I, I actually, I, I never knew where the 13th step was until mm-hmm. I rode past it the other day and it was, it was popping. Yes, that, that makes oh, me so happy to hear. Uh, they had TV screens outside, mm-hmm. football on, bros with sunglasses, uh, you know, just having a good time, drinking their bottomless mimosas. <laughs> um, Brad would appreciate that. <laughs> Bro, you know what's funny about New York City during college football season on a Saturday? You really do see it. so many people migrate with different college teams wherever they find a bar at. I always yeah, find that no, funny. And, and that's what I that's what I miss. I miss like um, you know, getting you know, I work mostly on weekends being in real estate. I miss, you know, getting out of work at like two or three o'clock and heading into a bar to to catch the tail end of the game. 
Mm. Uh, some buddies it's just it's the little stuff like that that i miss you know nothing crazy um, and it's tough and i feel you know we're i, I understand that i'm in a, a better situation than a lot of other people i'm very fortunate to still have a job um, mm. but then again you know people our age we're not getting this time back no like i'm not i'm not 22 anymore yeah you know, me, 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 and Sam, our buddy, our mutual friend Sam, we, we were talking about this the other day. He's like, "Yo, they really COVID robbed us of twenty five. You hear so many people say, "I remember when I was twenty five, I did this. I remember twenty five, I did that." And my twenty five, seventy percent of it's been home and trying to prosper one way or the other. And uh, I want to make twenty six the new twenty five. That's my goal. I'll be twenty six yeah, next month. But to put a positive spin on it, it's a, uh, it was a perfect time to have a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> Literally no better time. What a more relevant time, dude. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. You know, thinking about – talking about times, right? I want to just bring up one thing. So you were – as living in Manhattan, you were in the city – when they announced that Joseph Biden became the president of the United States. Can you tell me where you were when you found this out, this news and how did you celebrate if you celebrated or if you were sad about it or whatever, whatever uh, your yeah. outcome was. Uh, so it was, um, I don't know what day this is dropping, but over this past weekend, it was absolutely beautiful out. Um, mm -hmm. And I was showing an apartment uh, in my neighborhood on the Upper East Side. And I was in between showings and I, all of a sudden I just heard all these cars honking and screaming and yelling and of cheer. And I walked outside of the apartment building up towards First Avenue. Um, and literally it was dead stop, stop uh, traffic, people honking their horns, um, people coming outside of their apartments, banging pots and pans. No way. Um, people out on their balconies, um, just, you know, going crazy. Um, a lot of Biden-Harris uh, face masks and everything and balloons. Um, it was really cool to see. I, I, I haven't been in the city for that long. And, you know, so, um, you know, I don't have much to go off, but I've never seen that type of energy in the city. Um, and regardless of which way you lean, that's an energy, you know, most, you know, that's an energy all of us should be able to get behind um, and just kind of ride out once we we get rid of this COVID thing. Um, so if that's what we have in store, you know, all of, you know, people coming together for the next four years, you know, that's that's an America I can live in. Um, and I think that's an America a lot of people can live in, regardless of which way, um, you know, you fall. Wow, that's really powerful to hear and very inspiring as always, JDR. Seriously. Wow, I like that. Very sweet. And I can't agree more with you with that. Um, you always have that memory for the rest of your life. Tell your kids about it. I'm sure like that there probably wasn't top vibes like that since like when we got Osama bin Laden or the end of World War Two. Yeah. I mean I, I think just with everything going on, people are just so uptight because, you know, of you know, we're, we're human beings. We're supposed to be around other people and you know, we're not around other people. People are losing their jobs and everyone's uptight. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was, I think that was news New York city needed. Um, Definitely. So it was, it was awesome to see. And then I, I, uh, so I was uptown and then I rode downtown and it was, you know, same reaction. Um, everyone just, you know, 
in a bundle of joy. Um, and then I ran around Central Park later that afternoon, like around sunset. And mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 uh, like the parks, not the park, like the green, like, ta- you know where Tavern on the Green is? It's like a restaurant. Yep. Uh, I, th- I think they're not, they, I think they're not making it after this pandemic, I heard. Really? Uh, I, is the boathouse open? I feel like they have. Uh, it was either the tavern or the boathouse. One of those two is not going to make it. But, uh, but I feel like the boathouse is set up for something like this. Yeah, it's almost all outside. Exactly. Uh, okay. That's actually where my parents got married. <laughs> Did they really? How about full yeah. circle? You know, my grandma's from Manhattan, and um, she lived. She grew up on the upper upper east, or the upper west side, right by that on 113th Street, just three blocks from the park. And yeah, look at that! Or look at our routes coming together. Yeah, it's, it all comes uh, full circle. Um, yeah, and like my dad's from the Bronx. My grandpa uh, moved here after moved to the Bronx after World War II and met my grandma, and they started the family. And that's where my dad grew up in the Bronx. And um, yeah, we're all we're all here together. It's the South South Bronx. <laughs> no, more the North Bronx, like Baychester, Co-op City, like that area, that's, like the very top. Uh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> do you do you know how your parents met? Uh, yeah. On Tinder? <laughs> no, they did not meet on Tinder. That's actually something I'm petrified about. I mean, I get that it's our generation, but I <laughs> my wife on Tinder. <laughs> meet your wife on a dating app. We know that we're going to have this recorded and we're going to meet the one and <laughs> we'll refer to this. Now, I feel like people, a lot of the people just you, especially in the city, actually it's a mix, but I know mindset with Hinge and Tinder, especially with quarantine and outdoor dining i just use it as like something to do yeah like just to get out get out of my apartment (laughs) no that's you have a really good reason man you know like when i was working in the city i i actually bought hinge like the premium like i like signed up for the for the whatever monthly fee and it was totally worth it because i Good, good on you for being open about that. I feel like a lot of people don't. Uh, oh, I don't give a fuck. I, I've met. I had some awesome times from that. Hmm? Really? Dude, I, I they try to get me to pay the premium like every time I'm I'm on there. I'm I won't lie. Whether I say I caved or not, I don't care. That was I've had some cool experiences from doing that. Specifically, dating in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's cool. It's it's it, it's the stuff you miss, you know, just grinding all day and then re- remembering that you, you know, um, you know, you're grabbing drinks with someone at like, yep. you know, around seven, eight o'clock, just kind of online. Oh, I miss that a lot, bro. Oh, man. We're just going to MSG to watch uh, St. John's because I haven't been doing a Nick game in a year. Yeah, I haven't been in a game in a few years myself. Or I just miss going to Yankee games, even though up in the Bronx, going to get dinner, just walking. Just going to sightseeing, dude. And uh, I mean, I even miss my train. I miss the MTA train. I can honestly say that. <laughs> yes. Missed the MTA. I miss my getting my, my extra hour of being productive on that train ride home. But hopefully now they take yeah. the middle seat away from this. Let's we'll see. I mean, the subways are definitely more crowded than you expect. Um, mm. That's why I got my city bike pass, $194. I had a city bike pass when I was commuting. I use it. Uh, experience the city. 
Dude, and people say it's dangerous, and like, yeah, it is. But like, if I get hit by a car or a truck, like, if that's ever gonna happen, like, it might as well be now. You know? Yeah, you get your pay, get paid, get your um settlement money after that. Well, that and just like, there's not a whole lot going on. <laughs> that's the thing, dude. I wound up buying a helmet from it. From I almost busted my ass downtown once by. Um, yeah, dude, I got my helmet right here. You gotta, all, you gotta always have your helmet. At all times. Oh yeah, that's the thing now. The circumstance, <laughs> dude. Have you ever heard of the scooters? The um, the birds. The birds, and I think they have some in the Bronx. But do they make it in Manhattan yet? I, I've been to a lot of cities no, out there. They have what they have in Manhattan now is even crazier. They have the Rebel scooter, the uh, mopeds. No way. They motor. Yeah, little motorcycles. Um, they came around like mid, like beginning of summer. Um, they actually there was, did it. Yeah, there was like 16 accidents in like a <sighs> week, and then they took them away, and then they just rolled them out again. And in order to get on one, you got to send a selfie of yourself with the helmet on. <laughs> I love that. Do do you ha- are you able to like drop them anywhere like the birds, or do you have to put them in different docks like the city bikes? No, yeah. So there's there's like docking stations all over okay. the city. Um, and I think it's like you get like 45 minutes on it and then they charge you extra. The, um, the worst, cool. I mean, it's, it's great. It's, it's easy. And I like it. The worst on city bikes is when you go to a dock that's full and you're like running late. I have to go to find different blocks over the place and put it there. <laughs> I hate that so much. Or, or when the, it doesn't accept the, uh, yep. the bike. You just look like an asshole. <laughs> You're just pushing it, doctor. You get charged extra. You see some guy waiting on the corner. It's like, yo, wait up, bro. I got to go. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's all part of the New York experience. So I guess I am uh, experiencing New York in, in mm-hmm. that aspect. Um, but then again, I miss, you know, I miss being... 24 in new york city <laughs> oh my god i can't imagine man it shows how loyal to the city you are i know a lot of well, gentrifiers yeah. moved away moved back to ohio after this right well i mean the last thing i want to be is someone else who has who fails in real estate so that's not know, gonna I'm gonna be, be you I'm, I'm gonna be here until i'm not I hear that. Do you think, I mean, you know, this is a broad question, but do you feel like, do you see yourself living in Manhattan at least for the next five years or do you want to see what else is out there? Yeah. Um, like you want to sell these high rises and all these cool apartments and stuff. Yeah. I mean that, you know, that stuff will kind of take care of itself as mm-hmm. long as I kind of stay true to my values and just kind of putting my best foot forward. Um, but yeah, I think, I definitely want to raise my family in Manhattan. I feel like that's awesome. I'm the same way. Kids that um, kids that grow up in Manhattan are kind of just kind of not edge is the wrong world word, but they're you know they get it. You know they they understand the grind, um, and I wish that's something I experienced more of when I was a kid. Um, in New Jersey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in, in Bergen County. Because I remember when I first entered the city in uh, summer of my junior year, I had no idea, like, subways, like, mm-hmm. uptown and downtown. Like I, like, I lived on 55th and 3rd and literally had no idea, like, the West Village existed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, just, I would just stay in my little bubble, like, because yep. that's where all my friends were, and then I'd go up for a Yankee game. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we actually went to a Yankee game that summer. Yes, we did. We saw them play the Tigers with Teddy Moran's. We had yeah. podcast. It was a really yeah. close game, too. Yeah, fucking no, lost. It was, a, it was a good game. The Bronx was definitely burning. You Easily, full, we looked like we looked like the biggest. We looked like the biggest nerds there. Yeah, we sat right in the bleacher creatures too, like right above them. That's where I picked the tickets. And you were wearing your full suit. It was like a hundred degrees. Out. Yeah, that's right. I did. I right right after it was either interview or something work related. I came in the typical Manhattanite suit there and back and just drinking a beer with the that big fat twelve dollar beer and enjoying myself. Yeah, Teddy looked like a six year old. Ali Guapa. Alex Guapa was wearing like a like NYFC a soccer shirt. shirt. Yeah. Y F C Yo, wrong, wrong right place, wrong sport. Dude, speaking of other people who were on the podcast before me, Theodore Morant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He actually, I, I saw he did it in person. That looked cool. I actually feel really bad for those kids that missed out um, on their senior year, yeah. their second semester. At U Heart too. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like I'm 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 at the point in my life. You know, obviously, I'll, I'll, I have a ton of friends from U Heart, but I'm trying to like move past that like fraternity stage. Oh, definitely. Life. Like, like, you know, I'm not talking about it 24-7. Yeah, like, you know, it, it was a cool phase, but it's time to, like, enjoy the real part. Of course, the, the fraternity will always have a special place in our heart, but it's time to, you know, grasp about and, that. Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I love, I love a lot, you know, I'm best friends with a lot of those guys. Um, but I just, like, when I, I speak about Hartford, I try to, like, uh, not say – um, you know, not use Theta Chi as much just because, like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I'm 25 now. You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, bro. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for, for Theta Chi. That's how I met, you know, almost all my friends in college. Uh, but I think it's time to kind of put that chapter to bed. <laughs> yeah, who likes shotguns beers anymore? Yeah. I bet your boys at the core four still shotgun beers. Uh, I'm still I'm still down to shotgun a beer. I'd love to shotgun a beer. <laughs> just like talking just talking about like the like fraternity stuff and stuff that went on in college. Uh which was awesome when I was nineteen years old. But uh like, yo, remember that, that social that, that with, with yeah. remember that social with DG and and this happened <laughs> and that and and I did and I, I and I did that. Yeah, we don't need yeah. that anymore. Uh like yeah, like remember when I got turned down? <laughs> all the girls I wanted to ask. <laughs> yeah, remember all my semi rejections and misfortunes. I just know Carmen and God. Girl, I was thinking about this the other day. I, I, I spent like a half hour. Who's the girl you made the video for? Which I also got edited out from. <laughs> oh boy! All right, I'm gonna leave this in. So I made it for, <laughs> I made it. Yes, I uh, was. Uh, let me tell. Oh my god. Okay, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. So, yes, my junior. <laughs> oh, junior year, we had the formal, and you know, I, 
had this person I was it was I was friends with, and I was really. Dude, no, it was it was the picture. Remember the picture? And, oh my, uh, the picture. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That, we were, that that all the boys were tapped before going out. I mean, I didn't. happened before going out to the bar because i wasn't 21 yet and i wasn't that cool so i didn't have a fake id um (laughs) (laughs) yeah neither did i um yes so um yeah my um i just i had this friend that i really would have loved to gone to i would have loved to gone to formal with and pretty much it was, I think I was just so in the time and it's a, everything I'm saying, it's a different time. As much as I'm a fan of this person, I don't think I would, if I was thinking straight or had, or knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done that, but it was a different time. And I uh, really wanted to sh- sh- make the most shoot my shot moment. Yeah, I can ever. Some would argue that you're still not thinking straight. <laughs> well, you know what? To them, I am, and I'm great with it. But yes, I, I, um, I really wanted the, this person to come with me to the to the formal. So I thought of the best way that, whether it was the right decision or not, I thought of the most shoot your shot moment ever, and I made this formal proposal video as a way to like. I wanted to make it, you know, I didn't want to make it seem like I'm in love with the person because I really wasn't. Um, but um, I just really wanted to think of the most unique way. I could just send a text. I could say a call. But you could ask again, her what her favorite movie was. <laughs> I've passed any plenty of others. We could get into that question. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to shoot my shot. And, yeah, I for like two weeks, I tr- just made this video again. If I just sat down, the right decision was to not do it and grow our friendship more from that instead of just feeling ambitious and thinking I'm going to have this great, you know, high school movie moment. But I I made this video, like this four-minute video, saying why you should go to the formal with me. And I made it private. I didn't make it public. I do think it would have gone viral. I got the idea because there were all these people who would make videos for celebrities to ask them to their prom. And I don't know why I thought that was a good idea to try myself. But I just... um, Yeah, she's a celeb. She's going to be a celebrity someday. Um, So I made the video. Before you, Maddie B. No, no. So I, I, I would ask my friends like you and JDR, I am sorry that you, that I didn't have you in the final cut, but I was just running. But the reason why is because the video was, was shoddy and I couldn't hear you. But I really liked your answer like, a lot. Kind of like the beginning of this interview. <laughs> yes, the, the first take for this. It, the reason why I didn't have you is because it was shoddy and there was bad lighting and I couldn't hear you. But I would ask these people why they think they should go with me. I'd get like the prettiest the prettiest sorority girls to come on and say like, oh, if they like Matt, that must be. And yeah, I sent it on a private YouTube link for some reason. And I got a call. I had this very... How do I say this? Um, emotion, I guess emotion out the world, you know, very flattered and stuff. And I just didn't want to make them uncomfortable and embarrassed. But I mean, so she said she took the effort to try to figure it out. She was coming from far away and um, it just didn't pan out. And in return, I took somebody else and she fucked one of our brothers instead in the room. Uh. Don't feel bad for me. Don't worry. It's kind of funny. Think about this. All this effort I put in to try to impress this girl. She genuinely can't make it and try. So I asked somebody else from Sam's damn suggestion 
And she, I pay money for this girl to come by and only to fuck somebody else. But you know what? It's okay. Because I'm still alive. And we have these great stories to share. And um, well, It makes it sound like you're paying her to get late, which also wasn't the... the <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I paid for her to get laid. And well, I, I didn't get a thank you. And you know what was funny? I, I completely forgot about that. You, you know what was funny? That she asked me that, like that weekend after, she asked me, do you have the pictures from this week? Like, why don't you ask the person you fucked? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's all a learning experience, Matt Brown. Exactly. Here you are now. Right? Trials and tribulations. That's what? another harsh thing about the real world. It's like you, you come from this, I guess, our experience in college, this small bubble. Mm-hmm. Everyone thought they were awesome. And then you, you know, you graduate and you get to, into the real world and it's tough. You know, it's not, they don't give a know, fuck. You really, yeah. I mean, yeah, no people, you know, everyone's just trying to figure it out for themselves and, you know, you just kind of got to be okay with that and be okay not to fail. Um, so that's a, a tough transition. I, I'd say from graduation until now. Um, but it's, it's cool. It's all part of the experience and trials and tribulations. Yeah. You can't be afraid of the real world bring you down. Yeah. There are going to be a lot of assholes amongst us, especially in our career, but just got to be ready for it. Know that you're your biggest fan and you got to pull through. You got to pull through. Yeah, no, I, I, the, the first few years out of college have been definitely a little bit weird for me, but you know, I, if I, you know, I haven't grown, you know, financially in the way I want to, I'm just starting to see that growth now, but yep. personally it's been, you know, the best experience of my life for me. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And, you know, even though it's tough what we're dealing with now and uh, I just know that we keep pulling through for it and, you know, like at the time, right before the pandemic hit, I was interviewing for jobs and making final rounds for for jobs, like really well-paying jobs to finally move out of here and stop commuting, well, stop the Connecticut commute. But um, And I just know I still have that resume and skills and adding this podcast most of all to continue those skills will just get me ready once the opportunity comes and just interviewing, pounding and grinding the way. And I'll, I'll join you in the Big Apple ASAP. Yeah, is, is New York where you want to be? Do you think? Oh yeah, it was there. I was that was the plan out of co- of interning out of college and gaining as much experience. I finally had the experience where I can move out on my own comfortably, and then uh, then a pandemic hits. So, but what neighborhood would you live in? If I can choose, if I could yeah. choose, I'd love to live in the Lower East Side or Lower East, East Side. Side. Yeah, I like that nice grid and those. Those wall, those brick walls over there. Down the, I was down in the East Village today. I uh, walked through Tompkins Square Park. I actually, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time hanging out there. Hmm? I uh, I played basketball there like a month ago, which was probably not the, the best idea with COVID and everything. Did you play like with legit ball NYC ball at Park Ballers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. It, it was rough. They were giving me shit. I airballed my first shot. <laughs> Just like. They call me body bag the entire game, but they, they they were giving me shit. But like, what were they not going to give me shit? You know, um, this is where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got his start, man. 
where? Tompkins Square Park? I don't know, but I know he's from the city. I know he's from New York, but the Lance Stevensons, the Stephon Marbury's, those ballers, that's where it's from. Felipe Lopez. Felipe Lopez. Uh, <laughs> St. John's great. Dude. Yeah, um, but it was, yeah, I just, it was such a nice day, and I was riding my bike through the park, and I saw people running, and I was like, yo, like, I got next. <laughs> Is it okay, man? Bring it. Yeah, and I airballed my uh, my first shot, and it all went downhill from there. But yeah, I can't, Maddie B. I can't see you living in the the East Village or Lower East Side. Why not? Where do you where do you see me at? Where do you see me at? I think you West Village, maybe. <laughs> okay, I'll be an elite like that. I'm I'm with that. It's so peaceful and clean over there. You know what? Fine, I'll I'll go with Upper East Upper West Side. No, I'm on the Upper East, Matty B. Oh, do you say I'm in the Upper East Side or Upper West? Yeah, no, I'm on the Upper East. Yeah, but you see me in the Upper West Side. No, you you could live up here. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you could see me in the Upper East Side. Yeah. Oh, what? it's still po- totally fine. It's really nice over there, too. I'd be fine with it. Yeah, people think it's like a dead zone up here, but it's just like a little bit more late. The way I describe the Upper East Side, it's like the perfect spot for a day drink. Definitely. Like, Yo, let me tell you. Actually, let me, let me, let's go into the Upper East Side for a little bit. Yeah. So I actually spent all summer in the Upper East Side. I dated a girl all summer. It's the summer of this girl, I can say. And um, this girl. Was it Jesse's girl? Jesse's girl. Her name was not Jesse. Well, that's her favorite movie, Matt Brown. Her favorite. What was her? Fa- you know, her favorite movie. Her favorite movie was Billy Madison. That's what she told me. Her favorite Billy movie Madison. was. Out of all the movies in the world, her favorite was Billy Madison. Check this girl's ID. Did I check this girl's ID? <laughs> yeah, her favorite movie. Billy. My favorite movie was Billy Madison when I was like seven. <laughs> no, I literally asked. I asked her once, "What's your favorite movie?" The Billy Madison. I'm like, <laughs> that's a pick. And, and she's the same age. She was a year younger than me. No, same uh, age as me. And uh, she, uh, she, she, <laughs> she was. She was cool. She was great at. Um, I hope she's well wherever she's at in this world. She's actually. She was a St. John's grad student. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Law school. The uh, med med school there. The summer of this girl. That's what you should rename, rename this podcast as. The summer of this girl. The nice cereal, <laughs> dude. Yeah. So it's hmm? gotta be a headline grab. Headline grabbers. You know, but seriously, we're gonna call this the summer of. Um, I went to like literally ten Yankee games with her. Really? All last summer, like that's the summer. The Yankees. Were you guys just crushing like? 24 ounce Bud Heavies and chicken buckets. That sounds like an idea. Yes, we hit the chicken buckets. We hit the Buffalo Wild Wings bucket a couple of times. We sat in every section you can think of except the legend seats. Um, we saw a lot of really cool games. Um, I saw I saw them play the Diamondbacks. Saw Zach Granke pitch before he got traded to Houston. We saw the um, we saw them play the A's and DJ LeMayu hit a walk off in that game. Um, a comeback from high win against the Astros. And the very last time we ever hung out before we broke up, right, was game five of the 2019 ALCS. That was the last time we ever hung out. I went to that playoff game with her. 
Um, very well. Was that, like, was, was that the Garrett Cole game? No, it was Justin Verlander pitched. It was. No. I was at the Garrett Cole game, and that was like the least energetic I've ever seen uh, Yankee Stadium. How depressing. And now he's on our side. So yeah, the way it worked was, um, so she came, so we went to the game. It was, they gave up a run in the first and then we scored four right away. DJ LeMayu hit a home run off Verlander to tie. Then Aaron Hicks hit, hits a three run home run to give us the lead. And that was the ground literally shook, shook. Like people went fucking nuts over that. I had this random dude jump on me, but it was a guy from my work, and I was free. I was like, "Who's jumping on me?" And it's my buddy Luke. Do you have a mask on. I mean, this was pre-COVID, so this was last yeah. October. But isn't it crazy to think about all the stuff that like you used to do before COVID? When I watch like movies and TV, and I was like, "Don't don't get too close right now," or do they know what's going on? <laughs> And um, that was the last time we hung out. Are you watching these days in the background? These days? Um, well, I have this huge list so of going all over the place, these culturally significant ones. The ones at the top of my head, I watched the Blues Brothers, which was great. Have you ever seen the original Blues Brothers movie? Uh-huh. Dan Aykroyd, um, John Belushi. Yeah. Um, I, I need to broaden my movie horizons i only i only like to watch my greatest hits like i I don't like (laughs) watching new movies i only like watching movies that i've seen before people you you that so when you watch new movies it's gonna be a big step in the right direction i got this big ass list you know one thing i tried to do until the podcast in covid i wanted to watch the 100 greatest movies of all time by the american film institute and then the 500 greatest movies from IMDb. So I got to th- about like three quarters of it and just all these culturally significant movies. I really liked um, like the, uh, I watched The Godfathers. I watched, um, I watched Get Out. I watched um, Once Upon a Time in the West. Is the original Point Break on that list? Oh, bro, the original Point Break. Dude, that's my fucking movie. That's a top 25 of all time. I am an FBI agent. But is that your favorite movie? Top 25. My favorite movie of all time is The Departed. Martin Scorsese's The Departed. Departed. You have Leonardo DiCaprio, Matt Damon, Jack Nicholson, Alec Baldwin, and today came out, and that came out in 06. And Anthony Anderson. <laughs> Anthony Anderson is in that. It's on Netflix um, sometimes. You know, it's, it's definitely yeah, on. I saw that. You like it? Uh, no, I saw that it was on Netflix. I've obviously seen oh. The Departed a number of times. Yeah, it's, yeah, I like it. I don't think it's my favorite. You know, I'm not like a movie savant. I don't, I don't think it's my favorite. What is your favorite, Joe? I really like Blood Diamond. Well, Blood Diamond, that's a my, good one. Hey, what's your favorite movie? I've definitely favorite. asked that, man. What was like? <laughs> did I ever ask that to a girl in front of you as a joke? I probably did. <laughs> I don't know. I remember there were a few times when we were bartending at college parties, which were so awesome. College was sick. Um, <laughs> college was sick. Asked, you, you you poor girl, a uh, uh, cup of Keystone, a solo cup of Keystone out of the keg. You can ask her what her favorite movie was just to please me. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, oh, well, and then she walks the other way. <laughs> yeah, 
did not even entertain you. you didn't uh, <laughs> Who is this loser? Um, I don't know. I switched my favorite movie. Uh, it's either the original Point Break or uh, Saving Private Ryan. Awesome picks. Totally different movies, man, but really great yeah, picks. It depends, it depends on uh, what kind of mood on it. I'm yep. in. Like, Point Break is like... motivation going into Monday morning. I'll, I'll throw on uh, Saving Private Ryan. Boy, uh, <laughs> what scene do you watch to motivate you? I mean, I there's there's a lot of iconic scenes and tom uh, tom hanks uh giving that speech about his wife in the in the fields my goal my goal is to just get home to my wife exactly the cast in that movie is great besides uh or is all time besides vin diesel (laughs) vin diesel (laughs) dude i mean matt young matt damon killing in it steven spielberg uh edward burns tom sizemore tom hanks Eddie Burns, dude. But Point Break. Eddie Burns. Point Break. You know what's a war movie you want to see Johnny Drama in? Platoon. Platoon. He's a major Johnny fucking Johnny Drama has a podcast now. No way. Does he really? Yeah, it's the Victory Podcast with uh, <laughs> with Kevin Dillon and Doug Allen and uh, and E Kevin Conley. Boy, that's what that's what they're up to with their residual checks. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to listen to. They're just like they're like talking about in college. You'll remember that episode we shot twenty yeah, years that's ago. Literally, yeah, that's literally <laughs> what it is. <laughs> that show has not aged well. Oh, it's horrible, bro. That show will be can- that show could be canceled. Like never. Again. <laughs> it's so bad to women. Vince yeah. is such an asshole. <laughs> Ari Gold, it can't exist. <laughs> yeah. Well, they that guy, the actor actually got canceled. Yeah, Jeremy Renner got in trouble. No, not Jeremy Renner. No, not Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Piven. I met Jeremy Piven, and I, and I can't show that picture off anymore. The Town is also a, a great movie. Oh, man. Jeremy Renner. Yo, fuckers. Dude, that part in Fenway Park, that, that the last 20 minutes there, man. Yeah. I'll only give him my first name. So, Maddie B, when you were when you were hyping up this podcast, you're like, AKA Maddie B, AKA Young Lord. I've never heard anyone call you Young Lord. You know, you, you know you're like the third person to bring that up. <laughs> I, I was just drifted to tell you the truth, just coming up with ever my mind, like a uh, like in the moment type thing. Like literally, man, that's literally it. And I'm like, if if, if that wants to. To jump on as young lord, please, please call me young lord. But I haven't really called myself that in a recent pod. But I feel like you're a little too old to be going by young lord. What's up, young lord? It's like it, when you see these these rappers and they're like 22 name. You, know, you like you want to name so like I love Lil Uzi Vert, but is he gonna be named that in this voice? Yeah, it was Lil Uzi Vert or Lil or uh, crazy Trippy Red music music now like there's no i feel like there's no i guess people will disagree with me but i feel like there's no timeless music now especially <laughs> like in hip-hop and rap just because there's so much of it like no, you know especially trap music albums and i guess it's our like the way our society works too like it's like cool for like a day and then everyone's like all right you know what's up you know what's next yeah only like certain rappers or music like are making timeless music. I hear that. Like, I thought the last like real timeless album, I liked Astro World a lot, but I understand if some people don't think it's timeless, but 
besides that and Kendrick Lamar's damn I mean, are we are we going to be bumping Migos, uh, the Culture Three for for forever? Are we going to be bumping uh, Love Is Rage? I think about that all the time. Little Nas X. Like when my parents have people over, they're playing like you know, like Van Morrison and Morrison. Crows. <laughs> Like that type, like what? Are, what are we gonna be playing? Yo, if we make it until uh, like our mid thirties, forties. You know, I, I always knew my wedding song would be, um, like, are they gonna play WAP at our wedding? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I refuse to listen to that song. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I actually was in the city this weekend and I saw this person. Oh, thanks, for, thanks for hitting me up. Well, I went to see my cousin. We were in Astoria. Would you have come? I would have invited you. Dude, some of the the boys live in Astoria. Yeah, would, who who who's out in Astoria? It's awesome, Pop. Uh I think Tom on hell. I think Bruno lives there. Oh, Dude, my friends. they're good guys maddie b of course they're good guys deep down um no they're they're my guys um dude i saw you did that you did that milk factory review or the milkshake review yeah i did that burgerology burgerology it's really good it was genuinely that that was most milky milkshake i've ever had and i love it like that dude Um, mb reviews are back Oh yeah! Now that um, especially as I'm looking for more places, I'm I'm going there. Is COVID can is COVID over? (laughs) Depending on who you ask, I mean Pfizer. Pfizer has the vaccine two days after Biden wins the election, (laughs) so I guess so. Yeah, yeah. What apparently what. The last I heard about a COVID vaccine, they said like the military was just going to be like throwing it like just like throwing it in my apartment window. They're just, just like, yo, here you go, guys. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I was like, is it going to be that easy, huh? Dude, I hope so. Yeah, like I think yeah, they announced that it looks like Pfizer is going to have one that could be ready for the American public in March, which would be incredible. Like my goal, I hope, is to have everything back by the summer. Is that a fair thing? Even if we still have to at least wear masks, I don't know, but it'd be cool to have the summer. My, whenever, like, I have this conversation with someone, whenever they ask me, whenever it like, comes up, I say this time next year. And I've been saying that since March. <laughs> You're quite accurate, at least that one. But that's that's what I hope, at least. I hope at least, my hope is just the summer that we can have a, a nice summer again, more open with that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like people still did like got out and did stuff this summer. Of course, but you know, I'm more comfortable and not feel like at risk or guilty. Like I went to this Halloween party in Jersey City, right? And at the whole time, like it bounced up, and it's just, uh, damn, this is this is this is not the place to be. And I put my mask and put myself in the corner. Stay away from me, people. You did. You were that guy. For this particular instance, yes. You know, still interact to say hello to what's up with other people, but they said it was going to be a small gathering and then more people show up and more people show up and it's like, fuck. It you played me. Total rando party. 
Well, Rando to me, but I don't know the others. Yeah. That was just like, damn. Yeah. Lesson learned. It's it's tough. I mean, it's, it is what it is. I mean, there's, uh, just kind of have to have a a positive mindset. What I have kind of taken from all of this, but it's all good, man. Just have that mask and live it up. Live it up, man. Live it up. Yeah, dude, you gotta. I switched up my mask game because now that's what you like. You gotta be, you know, conscious of your mask because that's the first thing people see now. Like, yeah. the, like the the Amazon mask, like the traditional mask, that's out now. Like, I got the full sleeve. You need, you need a, now it has to match your, your fashion for it. Yeah, yeah, it almost does. Like, I feel like if your, your mask isn't matching, like, your, your outfit like what are you doing funny you say that that was that was that was the other thing about getting back to the city like normally when you leave your apartment it's like phone keys wallet now it's phone keys wallet mask and i think for the first month i was back back in the city i'd always leave my apartment without my mask and be like fuck like gotta go and purell dude that's my song i see you say phone wallet keys charger mask Top five that I can leave out, dude. But yeah, it's it's nuts. Yeah, man. Hopefully, we could all, you know, hang out again too. At least you and me, JDR. We'll see if you're a story, your buddies, our fraternity brothers. If they would love to be hang out with me, of course, because you know. <laughs> After this is all over, we should all everyone should kind of warm up to each other. Life's too short to not hang out with people. Of course, you know, you know, like in all seriousness with, uh, you know, I'm closer to some Theta Chi, our brothers more than others. And of course, some we've had our differences with other brothers. But at the end of the day, you could all have a genuine sit down. When you and Brad, when you and Brad try to cancel me because I wasn't going to go to your uh, graduation party because I wanted to go to a Lupe Fiasco. Yeah, I, I wanted to go to a Lupe Fiasco concert. On my birthday, which was the same day as your graduation party, that I didn't know about this. Did, did JD, Brad really do that? Yeah, Brad. Yeah, you, you and Brad, dude. You're not. You were not innocent in that. Wait, wait. Like, oh. I got mad at you for going to for almost going to a party. Yeah, yeah. For a Lupe Fiasco, I wanted to go to a Lupe Fiasco concert. Um, which was on the same day as your uh, graduation party, which is also my birthday. And you and Brad were like, oh, like, you, like dude, it says a lot about you, like, if you like, do this. So well, you guys almost camped me, but here we are. You know, if that did happen, I apologize at that time. A lot has changed since then. I mean, I would love, love to have you, and you did come, and I hope you had a lot of fun. It was an insane party. And, yeah, it was fun. And I appreciate it. We could go Lupe Fiasco's on me next time. Guarantee it. Yeah. I feel like I don't need to go to a Lupe Fiasco concert. <laughs> Not in the 2020s. <laughs> what? Not in the 2020s. Yeah. I, honestly, I'm not a big concert guy. Like, I I just don't like the – I don't know. I don't know. I just don't like, like the – I don't like the crowded space. Mm-hmm. Like, I like to – like, I don't want to be in – Hit, you know like i, I want to have a seat i want to be able to like move and, and get a beer right like uh, i'll see music like at a bar 
Mm-hmm. Didn't they used to have bands at uh, Hawk's Nest? Yeah, way back when they would have local bands or the guys trying to make it. But dude, then I heard they had uh like the band Nine Days. There. I was there for my U Heart visit. They were there. I was actually at that concert at Hawk's Nest. I feel like everyone was there besides me, so I feel like it didn't happen. If every like, if do you think, with all due respect to Nine Days, they're like, yo, we used to play at MTV TRL. Now we're playing at a <laughs> University of Hartford dining hall. I mean, that's what happens, right? <laughs> the music game's a tough one. <laughs> I'd rather have one hit than none. Definitely, rather, absolutely, man, dude. Like, but what? Who? Who? Who else have you been keeping in touch with in the Theta Kai crew? And lastly, when we talked about your story, your boys, you think they would be happy to hang out with me and everyone? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. <laughs> Even when you have one of them creepily stalking my Instagram profile, I always see him every day when I post a pic and we don't follow each other. <laughs> I see this person looking at my story like somebody stalking their ex. But, you know, I guess I'm just very interesting to them. And I would love to co- to talk with them. It's like, hey, man, how you been? Get them on the pack- podcast. Squash the beef. If we could get this person on the podcast, me and him, after all we've been through, boy, I, that would be a lot of fun to do. I would love to have him on. Dude, the, you know, the past is the past, man. People, exactly. you know, get over it. That's what I've learned, uh, at least. Just Of course. I don't have legitimate oh, no. beef with anybody from, from you, Hart, at all. So Yeah, except for Fitzjimmy's. Fitzjimmy's. <laughs> That's the fourth time she's been brought up. I don't have any beef with Fitzjimmy's. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like you do. For Fitzjimmy's, you know my, what? What Fitzjimmy's I heard once said. Oh my god, do I even keep going? I don't care if she feels this way at the, at the time. My someone told me that Fitzjimmy's once said that Matt Brown is a ex- perfect example of nice guys who finish last. She actually said that apparently. Hey, that's. I mean, that's all right. Yeah, I get that title too sometimes. That's not true though. I'm. That's why I prefer. Don't be a nice guy. Be a great guy. But yeah, I mean, if she's entitled to her opinion, if she still feels that way, of course, that was a few years ago too. So, um, I don't know if you know Mark Maron's podcast, but his he he used to like use the podcast to like fix relationships with people, like the first hundred right. episodes like that, and. Uh, is that what you're trying to do on this podcast? I don't really have anyone to like fix beef with to, to have that, to be on the yeah. show like that. I'm, I'm willing to, I'd rather just talk to them without the microphones and cameras. And then we can talk after if I were yeah, to do that. But who have you been keeping touch with, with uh, you heart still? Um, I mean, there's uh there's a few guys in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, John Jacomi, uh, Bruno, Dave Dorado. Uh, Griff was in the city, but I think he moved out. Um, and then I obviously keep in touch with like Brad, who's in LA, and then Vinny and, and Matt DiMatteo mm-hmm. are like my guys. Those are like my, those are probably my, my best friends from Hartford or who I keep in touch with the most. Including me, JDR. Yeah. Well, Matt, me, Matt Brown, we and you don't talk that often. But it's like when we talk, it's it's a great. 
the last time I saw you was like, uh, I think it was like at Penn Station last year when I went to go. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you guys were going to a party that I wasn't invited to. What was that? Well, we were doing some, we did something. No, but look, I there's, you know, people that I keep in touch with more than others, but I feel like, um, you know, me and you, Matt, like we're, you know, we have that type of established friendship where we can go with, you know, however long without speaking to each other and pick back up right where we. Exactly. And then those are the friendships I, I strive for. You know. Exactly. That's what I. That's what how I look at it too, and how sweet and I appreciate it. Yeah, we may not talk every single day, but once we do, we're we're, we're vibing really hard and stuff. You know. Yeah. No. That's like what it's like with a lot of my friends from home. Like we don't, you know, speak to each other. You know, some of us speak to each other more, you know, every day or whatnot. But when we all get together, it's you know, like pick back right where we left off. And that's what matters the most. And your your friendship, I genuinely appreciate a lot. Yeah. From it. I appreciate that you're bringing back a uh, virtual drinking. Nothing but, man. Thing. Remember when that was a thing, uh, like the first couple weeks of quarantine? That was actually really depressing. Yeah, well, we would have all those Zooms like normal and uh, come together, and now we're back. Virtual happy hours. I got, I got way too drunk a few times during those. and like For work? Not, no, not work, for just like, my buddy's birthday or something um and like i just get way too drunk and be like in my parents basement I'm like wow this is miserable now we we uh, rekindle with that and come back and you know everyone you mentioned tell them all i said hi and i wish good well i mean i know i was joking around sarcastic but at the end of the day i hope things work out for them and we'll uh we'll see if we all yeah, see each no, other again you, you, yeah you gotta you gotta wish the best for everyone because karma comes back around maddie b and i'm starting to that too i gotta stop i gotta stop talking shit about people because like you know that shit could come back on me yeah you never know it's it's all part of the uh maturing process right absolutely man i couldn't agree more yo why don't we um if you don't mind me asking we were talking about this before i'm just curious so we're talking about dating in new york city and I told you that yeah. when I was there, I used the Hinge. Um, I used the Hinge Premium, and then the others fine. And with with the summer of this girl, that <laughs> she was somebody I met on Hinge. You know where our first date was? <laughs> Did she call you Young Lord? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, she called me a bunch of other things. You know, we're just living young. We're we're young, wild, and free, right? Yeah, yeah, but. See, that's the other thing. Like, you come from college and, like, you go out and you think, like, like I always thought, like, yo, I'm, I'm the fucking man. Like, I'm tall, I'm handsome, and I go out in the city and everyone's, like, six, t- like, all the girls included are, like, everyone's, yeah. like, six foot and above. <laughs> and I'm, like, right, I'm, like, right at the, like, five, eleven, six foot cutoff. So you're set, you're set. Nah, I don't, dude, not, not in New York. In Hartford, yes. Not in not in New York, <laughs> dude. Can you tell me? Uh, I gotta. I, I'm still waiting for my last growth spurt, though. Yeah, I'm wondering when that ha- hits for me. But I'm a taller guy, and uh, yeah. But dating in New York is it's hilarious. 
<laughs> That's a great word. It's hilarious to date in New York. Dude, tell <laughs> Dude, it's hilarious. Um <laughs> Well with with the whole outdoor dining thing, like you can't like you can't make reservations. Mm-hmm. So like you could like go to a like you say meet up at a place and then it's like a, a forty five minute wait so you always gotta have backup options. Oh yeah, you know you're definitely planning that. Like here's a, here you know what's a great this is you know what's an and then, awesome and then picking picking your date out with when everyone has their masks on. Uh, hey, and that's the first time you guys are meeting. You have that first um you have that first meet a girl on a dating app hug. <laughs> Hey, yeah. nice to meet you. This is what I look like. <laughs> I hope you're happy you're not disappointed. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, there's only two ways to feel about that. But, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Dude, um, what are some – like? Well, here's my, like, thing with dating in New York. Like, I'm spe- like I pick up the check all the time and, like, oh. I'll never – girls ever again so like yeah it's a waste of money like I, I wish i had the financials to just like go out there and do that all the time and that's the t- a lot of a lot of people our age have the same mindset where like people are just doing it to do it right you know especially with quarantine that's what you know when i think of um you know, when it comes to like paying and stuff, I fit the, the, my, I don't know. I don't want to say it's a strategy, but like put the check down and we'll see if some, whatever somebody says, you say, Hey, can I take uh, this? Or, check. or they say, Hey, you want to split it? Cause some people are like, no, we're splitting this or stuff really? like that. Well, yeah, a couple I guess of- with like the whole culture now, you I guess you could get canceled for picking up a check. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know that that's that's the that's the truth I I don't know and I try to do more like dates where you're on like walks around the park instead first dates but then I realize it's hard oh, to Maddie, young lord young lord that's no I I learned my lesson for that because it's hard to get to know somebody while we're walking and talking so I don't do that no more but well most people can walk and talk at the same time. Yeah, but it's like to actually get to know someone and feel them unless you like – Yeah, that's like date number two. <laughs> date number Maybe. two. It's, it, it's just like – it's that what I call God's gravitational pull, pull to someone that it just works or not. Like, for instance, like I I used to – call like I'm, I've taken – I've done first dates at the High Line. Oh, yeah. That's a cool spot. I have a buddy that lives over there. Wow, your buddy's rich as fuck. Then, damn. Well, his his, par- his parents live over there, but uh, go go on with your story. And I would just go on the High Line and walk. I've done it like like three times, and and yeah. uh, I, I and it it worked, but it, it like two out of three times they turn into cool cool little things out of it. And uh, I don't know. I don't really like. I said I'd rather just. I like to. I don't like to buy a whole dinner as a first date. I just like to do a coffee or a milkshake to see if they. It's, if I have a better chance if I have the second date. In fourth grade. Yeah, because like. Actually, that's a good idea. I'm, the next date I go on is going to be a milkshake date. Because because the only thing is if I am going to take most of the time like you're right I take the check and you don't want to get ripped off you just don't you just don't like it amazes me how I've heard people literally will go on these dates to get a free meal. Well, that just yeah. hurt my. Well, I I don't go on dinner dates just because I feel like that's the little 
like yeah i don't know maybe I'm i wait for sure enough yet. no i wait for like the second or third date to go on a dinner date i prefer like a milkshake or a drink or coffee can you even go on three dates with covid I don't even know. That's that's the thing. I'm I I am more picky with that. I don't really you know, date multiple girls at once anymore let's because stop, of that. Let's stop pretending that me and you can get a third date. So, let's <laughs> just chalk it up to COVID. Thanks, COVID. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That you're right. Yeah, it is uh, such a. It feels like not an accomplishment, but it just feels like wow. I'm on the second date. Like this might actually be something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's all um, you just gotta really. I th- I feel like with the whole like app thing, you just really gotta commit to it. Yeah, and not take it too seriously at the same time as well. Right, but like you gotta be. You can't like. I don't know if you want if you actually want to go like out on dates, you just like really gotta like be it, like all over the apps. Yeah, that's why you get like, the, the premium. <laughs> <laughs> I spend my money on other dumb shit like natural resources. Yes, yes, that's my way too. And I don't really like. I don't like going a lot of dates like I used to anymore. And I'm just more picky because I don't want to get burned or, or um, just feel like a dumbass that seemed like no one that it didn't work out or whatever. And it's like a guess. So I just am more like picky and more patient for somebody I want to actually take the time to go out with. And, you know, then you like, you date certain people that teach you a lot of things at the same time too. So, um, if that makes, if you know, if you know, get my gist of saying that and, uh, yeah, get it, getting burns part of the process though. Oh, absolutely. And you just, you just, you just want to prevent it. Like sometimes getting burned is inevitable, but, um, do you get ghosted, Maddie B? Do I get ghosted? Yeah, there are times you, can you believe that? Hmm? Like you, you ghosted me. You said, "Hey, man, like I'm having a podcast. Like you should hop, totally hop on." And I don't hear from you from a month. Bro, it was more like three Kevin, weeks. But Kevin, Kevin Schaefer and Eric Sequeria. Like I forgot but, these guys even existed. <laughs> well, Eric's didn't. Eric's hasn't dropped yet. And then Kevin, I had to do because his was timely for the election. But yeah, um, I guess I got that. That's the only reason why with those. But um. Like I said, yours is a priority. This is great. This is once I have now I have you, Gabe Mills, and then Sam, and then I'm all set. And whoever I, did, I mean, when did uh, those are the Sam three? Nah, I haven't got Sam to do it yet. He's agreed to do it. I just have to book him. And uh, really, it's just 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 fitting all podcasts in. And I just love you know, I just really want to get those three, and then you know, meet some awesome guests along the way. But as long as I mean, you already won, so I need those two other ones, Gabe and Sam, and they both said they would do it. So it's just a matter of like work, working on this all day, like editing shit all day, and then doing interviews. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much getting. I think that's what's my job at this point. Well, like, does it take up the entire day? It can, yeah. Um, especially with editing video, but um, I just love doing it, and I just know I have so many great people to show off with this broadcast and stuff. You know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. And and like I said, offline, you know, uh, you know, regardless of what they say about you, Maddie B, you know, you got to respect the fact that you're actually doing something that you want to do, which is something that a lot of people our age can't say so like i said a lot of respect for you because you're not doing it for you know you don't have the following yet but you know 
just got to, like I said, take it one day at a time and hopefully it'll get there. Oh yeah. Like when I knew I can do this when I'm fine, listening to myself, my own voice and I'll listen to my own podcast as I listen to the other podcasts, like the Conan Simmons, Rogan's Martin's Howard Stern. And I'm fine with that. And it's just a great way to have this for, for the rest of my life. Really? Honestly, I, I plan on doing this forever, wherever it goes, whether I, become Joe Rogan or I just become my, or I'm just at this level and just entertaining my friends. Hmm? Become young Lord. The young Lord comment. A lot of people really remember that for some reason. I was just riffing, but a lot of people is probably like me and two other people. No, it's more like three other people, but still (laughs) enough to remember. And at least three other people who are willing to let me know about it. I'm sure there's, there's plenty where I've said it. And, uh, um, yeah, I yeah. told a few people that I was going to be on tonight, and they were super excited to check no. in to see how it goes. I'm excited to show you off, man. I mean, we've been having fun. You're just hella great to talk to. Simple as that. Oh yeah, man. Um, what? Who? You, who else you have lined up on the podcast? At this moment, I have uh, Dan Burgers coming on to perform one of his songs. Oh really? Yeah, he really is. He's- I tomorrow with my friend Abby. I have. Um, I saw my buddy Alex Young. I recorded and put on Eric. Abby, still- is Abby the girl that you that's in the fantasy football league and not me? <laughs> no, no, thing. no. You found nine other people to be in a fantasy league side. I asked you. What are you talking? I asked you on Snap. You didn't respond. What was I gonna do, dude? I del- I deleted Snapchat off my phone, so that's why I didn't respond. Oh, I thought you. I thought you were ghost to be like that. I was like, oh, what did I do? No, no, I delete. I just couldn't handle Snapchat over quarantine. Yeah, well, I I should have sent the other text when I didn't hear you either, so I'm sorry about that. No, no, no worries. I I deleted Snapchat off. I also deleted my Twitter account too. Twitter? Not on Twitter. I I got in a dark hole like the beginning of uh, quarantine. And was just looking back at like old like Facebook and Twitter things, and I was like, as cringy as it was you you got to forgive yourself because we were we were just exposed to the you know social media way too young yeah and you figuring it out how like the impact from it and shit like that right and at least i feel like we had like some sort of childhood before phones and like yeah definitely so like i'm thankful for that but like my my younger brothers like generation like those kids are they live with it. Yeah, my, I got my first phone in sixth grade. Yeah, I got my first. Yeah, and that was like normal. I got my first phone, I think, in sixth grade, and it was like a flip phone. Yeah, and I had my innocence going through, you know, like VHSs, telling people, like meeting up on bikes, and I would just go to their house and knock on their doors, like, hey, is, is Connor here or whatever? And we would just ride our bikes and hoop and stuff. Is Connor going to be on the uh, podcast? Is Connor? He did agree to my friend Connor from Connor Mulford from home. He did agree to come on. Oh, really? I haven't. Um, I I've been fortunate enough with the guest willing to come on too, and it's just being fitting all people. My days, you know, Monday and Thursdays when I drop, but for the next few weeks, you'll see extra episodes because I just have so much content to show. So I had Julia Borges come on. Um, she she came on on to today on the tenth and. That's been a uh, well received so far. Um, Ryan Bagdickian is going to be a big one to to like, if you know him. He's at ESPN, right? 
Yep, yep. So he's doing his thing there. And uh, yeah, it's just finding more. You know, I would love any of the three people you met. I mean, if me and Dorado had a podcast, that'd be something else. Yeah, he's a great dude. But so, oh, that was the other thing. I was listening to your interview with Brad, and you're like, yeah, like I wish JDR would stop selling real estate and do something in comedy. Like, just because. Yeah. Like, people think I'm funny. Like, there's not like. I'm just like, uh, that's just how I am. Like I can't, hey, here, I'll give you an, I'll write me in a script and then I'll see if I can act. You know, I could do that for you. Yeah. Like this is whatever your career aspirations, you know, I support wholeheartedly. I'm just saying, if you were to pursue a comedy career, you have my undeniable support with that. I'm too handsome to be a stand up comic and there's no way I could ever do that. I'm <laughs> um, like, I mean, I guess, but <laughs> Andrew Santito's a handsome man, and he's a good stand-up, if you know who that is. Yeah, but I think John Hamm tried to do. Uh, hold on. John Mulaney's a handsome dude, and everyone loves him, and he's a stand-up. I think John Hamm originally started out in comedy, and they're like, no. You- You're too hot. <laughs> you can't take a physically fit man think he's funny. Yeah, exactly. So then he just became depressed and did Mad Men. Boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm tr- Oh, man. There's this, there's this old did comic. That your, Maddie, did that make Matt Brown's top 10 favorite shows? Mad Men, I think it did. I think so. Uh, I did that official list. Hmm? What about Entourage? Entourage. Let me see. You mind me if I pull it up on the Instagram real quick? Yeah, no problem. My um, so yes, very bored in quarantine. I gave my top ten favorite shows. Which I was surprised how many likes I got for that. Was that like deep quarantine? Is that like April? It was more June. So like when we were starting to the end. But the way I did my order, as of June fifteenth, twenty twenty, my favorite shows. Yes, number ten is Entourage. Number nine is Crashing. Number eight is um. Number eight is The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Number seven is Mad Men. Six is SNL. Five is Atlanta. Number four is Better Call Saul. Number three is Breaking Bad. Number two is Kirby Enthusiasm. And number one is The Sopranos. I'm actually re-watching Kirby Enthusiasm. Isn't it incredible? It's it's insane. Some of the stuff that, like, like, the early, I guess that show... When did it stop before it resumed? So it went from 2000 to 2011, then they took a seven-year break, came back in 2017, and then just did one in 2020. Yeah, it was, yeah, I'm, I'm on like season seven, I think, right? Now. The Seinfeld season? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole body shaming thing. <laughs> what was it? She had the midriff? <laughs> the midriff. <laughs> yeah. He's that show is kind of hard to watch. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's so smart and savvy. It's just so hard. Like sometimes it's just hard to watch him. But on a cringe level, yeah. Like oh my god, there's some just gross. <laughs> not gross, but like it's just like awkward. As awkward as it can be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that's a that's a good list. I can't believe you threw Entourage in there. 
Entourage, listen, Entourage, if we're looking at a critical standpoint, is pretty shitty show. It's stupid. It's unrealistic. Uh, the characters are annoying. There's no one to root for. But it's just such a comfort watch that I can, like, just chill out and enjoy, you know? Like, as much as I like to analyze stuff, I don't take it as extremely seriously as others, you know? Yeah, no, that that's like a like a back. That's almost like The Office, where you just yep. throw it on, like in the background. Like, like the you don't really need to pay attention to it. The only good, actual good characters is Ari Gold, but of course he's he's good for being a horrible person. Johnny Drama is actually pretty great on the show. I'd go. Yeah, I would I argue that he was good, and so was um, he's actually a really good actor. The guy who plays um, Billy Walsh. Yeah, yeah. What's his rot? Uh, Reese something. He's really good in it too. Like, there's directors who literally act like that, so they they hit that well. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's a that's a pretty and Mad Men. I, it was a great the first season. Is yep. It is. It's a hard. It's a, you have to like love acting and dialogue to get into that and nostalgia. Yeah. I, did you watch the uh, social dilemma? I did. I did happen to see it. What's his name's in it? Um, yeah, Pete Campbell's in it. <laughs> <laughs> Out of all the like people, that, was that Pete Campbell? Yo, here's my Pete Campbell impression. This, this is maybe good or bad. It's, he's just like Don. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> That's it. You ever look That's at pretty big. Do you ever look at Mad Men and like, you know, you see, obviously they shoot the show in LA, but like, yo, this is what my city looks like in the sixties. Could you imagine like what your neighborhood looked like in the sixties and stuff? Dude, it honestly kind of seemed pretty lit. The clothes were awesome. Yeah. No phones. They're wasted the entire time. Can you imagine going to work, like getting fucked up at work, like on the reg? Yeah, no, there's no shot. Are you, I've heard, I mean, I don't, I've, I've heard from people that work in that industry that it's still kind of like that. I can't imagine it's the advertising agency. Yeah. Dude, I used to work at a, one of my casting companies worked over. We worked at a, we workplace, you know that? And I know they've been, they've had a lot of controversy to them, but they would have free beer and I would go like probably during the last hour. If I finished stuff on time, I would just drink the drafts over there. And just like, man, you can't really focus if you drink too much of this stuff, you know? That's why I have yeah, to learn to stay away. We used to have a tap in the office, or I think the tap's still there, but obviously no one's in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sucks. Do you ever, for real estate, obviously you have to dress up for showings and stuff, especially if you're selling these nice apartments in the city. Do you ever feel badass about it? It's like, yeah, man, I am Don Draper in this, but I'm a genuine person instead. Well, yeah, that's kind of the attitude you have to have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you don't, have confidence in yourself no one else is um and you just got to portray that while also being 70 percent of it is just being a genuine person like it's it's not rocket science you know people just want someone they can trust what is like your number one vice to be a, a real estate agent like that would it be that just be a genuine person like that well you gotta you know you gotta be committed to working really really hard really shitty hours and not making a lot of money your first couple years in the industry you know people get into real estate because they think it's it's instant you know they see you know reality tv shows and think about it. Really not a listing. yeah like 
like million dollar listing and that's you know far from you know what it's like for people our age in the industry and you just got to accept that and embrace it and just and go for it man um and never and you can't be afraid you got to be open to making mistakes and you can't be afraid of, of failure so like i was saying earlier it's not it's starting i'm already starting to see the growth from year one to year two financially um but personally it's been an amazing experience for me um so i'm just kind of looking to build from that and what else can you add on to make that an amazing experience besides you know the experience you're getting and just because you're you're literally you are like i am my own business you know Mm -hmm. like um you know i get out what I put in and um, you know it's a lot of you're working for that one yes and it's a million you know people tell me to fuck off all the time yeah. and I'm okay with that now um, just because it's the real it's reality you know it's just what's going to happen some things are going to work out some things aren't um, and you just got to keep your head down um, and work and just let stuff roll off your back and, and not take anything too personally and not um, you know, get overwhelmed and just kind of realize that, you know, if you put in the time and, you know, if you, you know, if you make enough mistakes, you learn from them and just, you know, you figure it out. And that's what I think a lot of people our age can relate to that. Absolutely. I think the best advice is being your own fan and not be, be okay with the rejection and also be okay with the timing of it and being patient, especially learning that with my industry as well. And yeah, like I've got rejected a lot from applying for jobs and, and um, especially ones I qualify for is just so frustrating. So, I mean, one of the reasons why I made this podcast was because the job market is so slow, but I know I have so much value. And like you said, I am young and I'm only getting older each day. I just figured to make a medium like this to help enhance my skills and prove myself. So I totally hear where you're coming from with that and just being your own fan. And I just know you're going far with this, Joe. I, I really, really do. You know, you got my support the whole way. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you, Maddie D, and uh, thanks for having me on. And also, yeah, one thing I would like to add, you got to be receptive con- to constructive criticism, which, yep. all, which always isn't the, the easiest thing because everyone, it's, it's weird, everyone goes about, you know, doing their business separately and, you know, you just kind of, you got adapt or die, right? Yes. <laughs> It shows how much you want it too, and especially in a city, especially if you decide to live in the city, you, you most of the time people are there because they really want to be there and really want to strive in their industry for New York City. And um, and I totally see why you're um, so far pulling it off, and I just can't wait to see where it's going from here for you. And uh, I appreciate Maddie B, and hopefully we can uh, can get together and, and hang out. You know, maybe I'll be present for an MB review. You don't know how much that would be a pleasure to me. Yo, let me ask you, Joe, though. What does it feel like after you've had your clients, you've shown these people their future home, and they agree to buy the home. They're, they qualify. They pass their credit reports and, and whatever. And what does it feel during that final closing they sign? Here it is. And you hand them the keys to their new home. How does that feel? 
Uh, well, it's um, it's it's almost a relief, you know, because it's mm-hmm. just such a process, especially buying in New York. Um, you know, it's there's it's a city where build it. There's seventy percent co-op buildings, um, which means you have to go through a whole board package interview, which you know, to sum it up quickly, you have to turn over everything in your life, like all financials, letters of recommendation. Um, so it's it's a relief, and it it's just uh, you know, there's nothing more satisfying than helping. In in my case, I, I love to help people, so there's nothing more satisfying than you know, giving people their keys and just seeing the um, you know, the genuine happiness in them and, and knowing that I did a good job for them. Um, and just getting paid, you know, just getting paid for, for being a good person and being reliable. So it's, it's a huge relief. Um, and it's, it's a very rewarding job, both financially and, uh, and personally, just because you're literally helping, you know, people relocate all the time. And it's just, uh, an extra stress that you take off them. So it's a very rewarding uh, feeling, I would say. How inspiring, man. And may I ask one last thing? So if we're talking like, if you don't like my process, like for someone like me, um, like if when it's my time to finally get ready to relocate for good, as I was just about to, and then we know what happened with the pandemic and uh, just restarting to find that job. So can you explain like the process? If you're like me, a single guy living at home, he's ready to move out at say 27, hopefully sooner than that, right? I have my, I have my, I'm going to need my, right? I'll need my credit score, my financials, and I'm ready to go. Like you're my agent. Like what, what's my advice for me ready to relocate for good for, for my next home? What, like what would process as someone like me, which could be very soon in the future or whomever, like I reach out to you. I'm, I'm interested in finding a home that I can afford. What, what, what exactly happens pretty much? Well, realistically, someone in your situation, most people in our age rate are, are renting in the yep. city. Um, and what most landlords want to see is that you make, 40 times the rent. 40 times the rent. Yeah. Um, So if your rent is, hold on, let me do a quick math. If your rent is, let's say, 1,900, 1,900 times 40, you know, the landlord is going to want you to make at least Mm $76,000 by yourself and you'll be able to qualify that way. And if that's not the case, you'll need a guarantor, um, which is usually, you know, your parents or in some people's cases, their grandparents. Um, mm-hmm. So one, so, you know, that's some, that's probably like the main thing you got to be aware of is the financial situation. Um, and then once you find the apartment for you, um, you don't want to lose out on an apartment cause you don't have your paperwork ready. Um, and, and for renting, what you need basically is letter of employment, last year's tax returns, first two pages, last two pay stubs, and bank statements. So it's a pretty straightforward process. Um, you know, landlords just want to see tenants make more than 40 times the rent. Um, and then, you know, once you find the apartment for you, submit the application. It usually takes landlords around 24 
48 hours to, you know, get a response back for you if you're approved. Um, what's going to be due at lease signing is first month's rent and security deposit and broker fee if there is any. Um, but you know, that's, that's something we could talk about more if you become a client of mine, Matty D. <laughs> How exciting for that. And uh, wow, thanks. Pretty straightforward. I know a lot of people, uh, so many aspirations for that. And um, thanks for making it. It's not as complicated as other people seem to make it, right? Yeah, no, it's not, it's really not like, especially renting in New York, it's, you know, people make it out. I mean, it, it's like, it's a huge life decision. You know, you're, you're relocating from home for the first time, especially most of my clients. Um, but you know, in reality, it, it, it can take, you know, up to one or two days of showing to find the apartment. And then you just got to have, you know, some, some basic paperwork ready to go and then you'll be you know, on your way. And then yeah. once you figure out the process, you know, every, you know, you'll be fine. So you feel one thing also is just to have that paperwork ready, even on the days that you're looking and stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, you probably want to have that ready to go before um, you look for places just because, you know, I've, I've seen it happen time and time again. People, you know, find the apartment, you know, the one is what we call it. And then they lose out on it just because they don't have their, you know, paperwork ready to go. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, uh, pretty straightforward process and uh, you get to meet a lot of interesting people and in, in when you're dealing with New York City especially rental agents how about um, that and like <laughs> what what could a client do to make your life easier as a whole for all real estate what would like an agent really want to see their client do to make their process easier in your process um, I mean that's tough to say because because every client's different um, you know, at this point, you know, I've, I've seen it all. So I don't, you know, people, it's a different process for everyone, right? Yep. Like, you know, some people, you know, are very nonchalant and kind of, you know, know what, what they're looking for. So you just gotta, you know, it's more on me to play it by ear and react to, um, you know, what my clients want more than me, than them adapting to me. Um, and that's just the reality of, of my business. I hear that. And uh, my last real estate um, related question is we are in the middle of pandemic and uh, we've seen, you know, first of all, is it true that rents are going down and, and prices yeah, or is that, is, 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 that is a legitimate thing or is the media trying to say that? Yeah, no, no. The rental market, you know, in, in my opinion, the rental market is as it, it's a renter's market. It's as soft as, you know, it's, it's been. Um, and in my mind, I think it's just going to bottom out over the next six months. Interesting. Um, because people aren't going to move back to New York city unless they're in the office, you know? Yeah. Um, and I mean, a lot of, most of my clients that I'm working with right, right now are either lawyers or work at JP Morgan. <laughs> like, okay. You know, like those are the people that are, bread are, huh? are back in the city because they need to be back. And yep. Um, but yeah, the you know rents, and it was funny because when this first started, landlords like weren't willing to play ball at all, like not willing to negotiate. Um, and now you know, landlords almost have to consider every you know every offer that's brought to the table, especially in this time. 
yeah, now on the sales front, uh, the market's kind of buzzing between 800K, anywhere under 3.5 million, the market is buzzing just because, you know, there's not a better time to buy than right mm-hmm. now with everything that's going on and interest rates are super low. Um, and people have the belief that Manhattan is going to come back because it is, it's just going to take some time. So they're realizing like, Hey, like if I'm not going to get a better deal than now. So people are, yep. just, you know, taking advantage of that opportunity. All right. All right. And like, can I say like, you know, as amongst this pandemic and people just and say somebody who's been unemployed for most of the 2020 and like, they're just fortunate enough to find the right opportunity to get back in the workforce, pick up their career. And they have a, a, um, they have a salary that is 40 times the rent. Now saying this, despite, um, you mentioned like tax returns and the tax returns, especially 2020 are probably going to not look so hot. Do you think that makes a difference if you're trying to rent or buy in 2021 or is it just circumstantial? It seems like you said, everyone's different. I mean, it, 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 all landlords are different. Like some, some landlords will accept people j- just based off a letter of employment that says, Hey, like this person, so starting here on this date and we'll be making an annual salary or whatever. Yep. Um, and then usually the, the other paperwork that follows is just like a, a formality just mm-hmm. that needs to be there. Like ta- tax returns I'd say are more important for uh, the, the sale side yep uh, just because it's it's a it's a more complex process and um you know sellers want potential buyers to be more qualified mm-hmm. um on that front so it's just a little bit different how about that wow man we really got a nice real estate lesson for this we appreciate yeah. um here to help way i can Ah, uh, I love it. Yo, JJ, let's um, let's make it a little more fun, right? Um, dude, can you tell me? You, you're telling me we're not having fun on this podcast? No, no, of course. I'm saying you know, real estate advice is great and awesome. I just want to you know yeah, push even. It's a real serious fest. I got to crack open another beer. By the <laughs> way, this is my third beer, and everyone knows after usually after two and a half, I'm in the bathroom every like two minutes. So bear with me here. No worries, man. That's what's great about my um, podcasting services. We could go unlimited, but um, yeah, like, no, no, it was definitely interesting. And especially for me, I'm just like, you know, why don't we switch it up to some crazy stuff too, you know? (laughs) Uh Yo, JDR, tell me, Tell me your favorite time you've ever – tell me a time where you didn't think you could do something socially, then you took a leap of faith and you did it. Where well, I didn't think I could do something socially, and I made a leap of faith. Like, for instance, so I, I've heard somebody's talking to me about being on karaoke. Somebody saw um, Spike Lee and took the opportunity to just say what's up to him. Like, something like that. Maybe you shot your shot in one way or the other, but you don't have to get into too details with that because who knows with that. But I'm just saying something like that where you really, you took a leap of faith and it worked out. Wow, that's a, uh, that's a great question, Maddie B. Um, I would say just like um, 
just going up and uh, like sitting, like when you could go into coffee shops, I actually was, um, you know, sitting across from this this guy. We were both like locked into our computers, mm-hmm. um, and we we struck up a conversation and. You know, he's he's from uh, Croatia. Do you want to Purdue? And I was like, Oh, Purdue, like Boilermakers, Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Brad Stevens. uh, Yeah, an instant connection. Um, And he's actually become a client of mine since then. And that was just because of me, you know, going out of my shell. um, You know, just willing to to make conversation with someone. Um, And like what I referred to earlier, you know, pers, you know this industry has helped me grow so much personally where, you know, I just have to do stuff like that and come out of my shell. And I, I made a great friend who also turned into a client. So it's just, and I, I could not picture myself doing something like that, you know, like four or five years ago. Um, so just kind of, I can't think of one, you know, great example. So that's a great example. That's a really great example. You did exactly what I asked. Kind of going just, at that and then also never rejecting an invitation to go somewhere, regardless of who you may or may not know. You know, I like because like because that's also like oh I don't know anyone there, so like what, what am I gonna do? you know like everyone's in the same boat for the most part. You know they say that strangers are just friends you haven't met yet, so yeah, really believe yeah. that. Do- yeah, people. I I see. I know someone that has that in their their Instagram bio. Like the most territorial person I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Is this someone I know? Would know or no? No, no, no. no, no. That would have been funny. Uh, no, like some local surf bro. <laughs> How is that? Was did we able to go out to Montauk this this uh, summer? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, uh, when quarantine first started, we were back home in New Jersey for like the first two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we were just like, fuck it, and went out to Montauk. And and that's where I say, you know, I was, um, you know, as much as this, the whole thing has sucked, um, you know, I was very lucky to be out in Montauk with my family and yep. be able to surf and play golf and go for runs. Um it was just, you know, a great, uh, like, mental escape from everything that was going on. So I spent a lot of time out there from, like, March until I went back to work at the end of the year. Sweet. Um, and then I'd try to sneak out there every now and then if there's a uh, hurricane swell <laughs> in, the, in the forecast. And uh, the weather – and, the like, the weather's been super warm, so I don't have to, you know, wear a full uh, – wetsuit with boots and gloves yet so that's also nice is that one reason ride to point break has a special place in your heart it's a it's one of the few real good surfer movies i i is it a good movie though i feel like it's it's either you're all in or like you you think it's like the worst movie ever you know i don't know i've been accused of being pretentious with my movie which i'm really not eric andre is one of my favorite shows ever it's the opposite of pretentious and uh i think point break is a good movie with some bad acting and that's really it that's all i could there's a the plot's very interesting i mean the fast and the furious literally stole the plot from point break um 
There's some really cool action sequences. Nice directing by Kathleen Bigelow. There's just some bad acting. Like I love Keanu so fucking much, but he's not really a good actor. He's, he's bad in that movie. <laughs> I am. I am an FBI agent. Johnny Utah. You're just somehow the Ohio State All-American. The Patrick Swayze makes him sound like he was Trevor Lawrence of his school. And he's just chilling there. The ending makes no sense whatsoever. He's not com- that I that I think that's an iconic ending like movie ending scene. Oh so he throws a thing out. Yeah, he's right there, man. And then she totally lets him go to yo, just let me get this one last one. One way, man. He just happens to be by himself, no cover. We were finally catching this man on the run in Australia, and they just see it go. Sometimes. What is it? The fifty-year storm. Yeah, the special fifty-year storm that that does ends it. And like, <laughs> sometimes I explain like some movies just got a movie. Like. Right. If you see some movies like Happy Gilmore. I don't think a critic would be in love with it, but it's just just so funny and good vibes. Like that's just what movies have to do for you. You don't have to. I love movies a lot. I consider myself a cinephile, but I, I also like can chill with it. I know that movies just have to movie. The 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 other reason why I'm not I don't watch a lot of new movies is I'm such a, a slave to the stars and match that I see on uh, <laughs> Netflix or Amazon Prime. The match ninety eight percent match for you. <laughs> <laughs> I got dude, uh, and net, net, you know what Netflix is trying to shove down my throat? Uh, what Gilmore Girls? Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I think that plays at my gym every morning. Really? Is that the one with um? No, no, it's Charmed is the one. Charmed is the one oh, that they they have it. I I usually go between seven a.m. and nine a.m. So do you have to wear a mask the whole time? Yep. I've read. I've I got into hit cardio this year. And I've only done it with a mask on. So I hope to, it's going to be so weird the day that they said we don't need it. How much endurance I hope I built during this time. You know what I work out masks on? I don't know, but you know, I could get fat, so I can't, I can't afford to uh, not work out. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's bulking season. You got to pack on the extra LBs. It's true. Right now I'm doing more, a lot of a, uh, trying to get more cut, like lower reps, so, so more reps, lower weights. And I just yeah, don't want... Being in shape's overrated. No one cares. Yeah, it really is true. I've learned about that. But I just like the sake of just, <laughs> I don't want to be a fat ass. <laughs> like, just so it's a late bloomer, everything. And, yeah, it's, it's all about how you feel. Like, like, of course, like a lot of people, people would do it just for looks and attention. But I really do it for the sake of just not feeling like a, like a bloated asshole. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and that's that's how it should be. Just kind of, you go to the gym is all about getting in and getting confident. Yep, it's also a good life motto. And I just go to the gym. I go pretty much. I go to Planet Fitness. That's pretty much all old people, and I'm just friends with all. Planet Fitness, like the worst place in the world. Okay, word to who? Listen, is Planet Fitness in LA like a LA Fitness or or an Equinox? Far from it, but it has the equipment there. And that's all I really need, you know? Like, how can somebody really compare gyms when it's the same equipment? I mean, some places have saunas and basketball courts and stuff, but... I canceled my Equinox membership. Oh, that was one of the most Manhattan things you've done. <laughs> An Equinox yeah, membership with your Airwoods. 
If you don't mind me asking, how much they pay you? How much you had to get charged for that a month? So it's usually $221 a month per month. But we, like the <laughs> that's, that's company a- I, I, work, I work for has um, like a sponsor, like a, a partnership with them. Oh, good. So I, I, only, I only pay 180 bucks or I only pay 100 <laughs> I mean, I if at that point is you better not miss a day and you better be ripped yeah. at that point. How to work? Yeah, I, I take like all the classes. I use all the towels that were there. I, yeah, like in that sense, I get it. I really do get it if you really bl- love that lifestyle. But if you right, yeah, but there's just like so like I feel like paying that type of money for a gym that's just like kind of like throwaway money, you know, like. And then you just see the biggest meatheads and the just well, the sexiest like, women, I bet. People are just like spending that money because they can. Yeah. Like, like it's, uh, you know, like they're just doing it because they can, you know. You, you see any famous people at your Equinox? No, I'm really bad at recognizing famous people. So that's a good thing. That's also, a good thing. Like in, in New York, like, especially like in the, like, you know, everyone's just like on Instagram or looks like they could be famous. So yeah, that's a, it's just so packed with so with a mixture of both high end and low end people. Like the subway is just a perfect example. You can see a guy in Wall Street, and then you can just see a homeless dude in the same subway sitting next to each other. You know, right, right, yeah. Um, I the only like celebrities I recognize are. Uh, like basketball players because they're so tall yeah it's hard to have you seen any nba players in your time in new york any of the knicks new york no i i i didn't see an nba player but i like i was on fifth avenue walking towards my office and i saw this dude wearing a like uh he was all like can't like all like kansas state gear on he was like six six eleven with like the basketball backpack and like, oh i wonder who that is yeah um, but you know, I ran into, uh, when I worked out in Montauk over the summer, like during college, I saw Kristaps uh, Porzingis. <laughs> oh my God. That traitor. Yeah. He was like chilling. Had a, no, he literally like had a duck, like the ceilings in our, in the restaurant were like, he was that tall. Uh, Damn. Or like, like, I don't know, like six feet and he was like it's hilarious but yeah i'm and also if i ever did like recognize a celebrity i probably wouldn't even i definitely wouldn't ask for a picture yeah yeah i'm a i would i just respect them and do what they do because you know just see a lot of high-end people like high-profile people from work you just learn that it's just no point of they get it all the time and they will for the rest of their lives even if you're not as famous as you used to be if you're like has some kind of clout you'll always have that for the rest of your life so i just treat them like a human being and like by the way kp isn't a traitor because he got traded but he definitely didn't like being here so yeah, well, I mean, the Knicks are just a disaster. You and me are the only true Knicks fans I know. Not- Usually, like, I, I, like, except for, the, like, I tune in to, like, like, I'm usually into every season because, like, you know, the Knicks will start out, like, 16 and 14 and everyone's like, oh. Yes! Eighth seed. Like, like, eighth seed, like, here we come. Like, and then they just, you know, lose, like, you know, 18 out of their next 20. 
but this year it was different. They were just so that that team was so like. Thank God that COVID canceled <laughs> the last ten games. Remember, I watched the last game where Vince Carter's last game ever, and he got the shot. We actually haven't won, but yeah, we got rid of um, what's his name? Um, Mike Miller replaced him, but oh my God, why can't I? Everyone was so hyped for him. LeBron's boy, what's his name? Um, the Knicks. The head coach before Mike Miller took over, LeBron's boy from the Heat. He also coached the Grizzlies. Uh, Fisdale. Yep, David Fisdale bounced. You know, it's going to be hard for him to get a job again. And I'm excited. You excited for Tom Thibodeau? Yeah, I don't I, like. I I don't know much. Like, apparently, he's like a. I just don't know. I feel like that'd be a good hire. I feel like the Knicks are like a decade behind. I feel like that would have been a good hire. Like, it seems like that way. NBA free agency starts today or tomorrow. We're, nobody's coming. Apparently, like, I, you know, I'm not the most qualified. Like, I'm not a huge NBA fan. I'm just a Nick fan, but apparently Thibodeau is, like, tough on on players. Like, he's Yeah, he, hey, man, he helped develop Carl Anthony Towns and Derrick Rose and maybe we need we where else are we gonna go from here seriously? Who 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 is there to develop on the team? Like all what? the young guys suck. <laughs> we only got Mitch Robinson who has potential and RJ and even RJ's yeah. like here yeah, and there. Not, he's like he's like kind of the least efficient uh, year ever, right? Yeah, like as a rookie. And we have, but it's just, just think, you know, third round pick. I don't know whether you're a Kevin Knox or I mean, who looks like a wasted pick, wasted pick. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. played us. They thought he was going to be nice and he ain't nothing. We all know about Frank Nielakinen. Yep. It's just. He like set some record for like playing, like, I think he played like 35 minutes and had zero assists. He almost got his ass beat by LeBron. Yeah, I mean they're just the there's they they were not usually like they'll at least they'll have like a couple fun players to watch like like Michael Beasley yeah remember one yeah Yeah, David Lee was cool to watch I love Stephon Marbury when we were kids yeah I I feel why did everyone hate Stephon Marbury I feel like I was too young to like because I hated his shoes I feel. <laughs> Jamal Crawford taking forty shots a game. Oh man, we had like Tim Thomas and Kurt Thomas. <laughs> the last time, like, I really had fun watching the Knicks was the team before they traded um, for Melo. The team before they traded, so like that, yes, yeah, St- Mark Stamari, Tyson Chandler, David Gallinari, Raymond Felton, like yeah. those guys. Yeah, Felton. Yeah. And, yeah, like I don't know. I have mixed. I don't, like yeah. D'Antoni was the coach. Was a coach back then, and to, and then Woodson came on. Yeah, but this year there was just like the Julius Randall was just like went past the ball, and that was their offense. <laughs> Taj Gibson, the same thing. Like these, just guys. If we were just ten years earlier, we'd be set. But I just. Yeah, and that and that's the other thing. Like Mitchell Robinson would have been like an All NBA player like twenty years ago, right? Like, he, it's just a uh, there's not not a whole lot to root for. 
And with the Yankees too, like what what is their future? I just like you know, then when it comes to the Yankees, we're in an era that we're just having horrible playoff losses. Like Chapman clearly can't pitch in the playoffs. Three times a charm. How do you have two straight seasons with game losing, game, season ending home runs? No one's done that except him. Um, oh, the Astros are cheating. Astros cheated too, and bull with that bullshit. I think with the Yankees, like. You know, I actually do say keep faith with them. They're like the Nationals had a lot of bad losses last decade, and they won in 2019. Well, I th- the thing with the Yankees is they're not going to have problems like getting players. No, That's no. not the issue. I just – the guys they have now, like I think they need to cl- – like they need, I think they need a clean house. Like, you know, I love Judge. Everyone loves him, but I wouldn't <laughs> re-sign him. He's not young anymore. And he's what played one healthy season. Yeah, he he came in old. He's he's an older. He came in as an older rookie. Like I think he didn't come in. He didn't get to the show to like twenty four, which is older for a player. But Aaron Judge will be. I think he's going to be twenty eight, and um. Right. Oh, he's twenty eight right now. He's going to be twenty nine at the start of next season. That's pretty old and. You know how much I loved Aaron Judge. When we when I first met you, I was saying pay attention to him when he was a when he was a uh, when he was. Yeah, I, I, I give credit there. You were the first person on the, uh, the Aaron Judge bandwagon. I yeah, I I love Aaron Judge. It's hmm? sorry, you were saying their pitching rotation. There's just something missing in their rotation. Their bullpen is like you know. You can't trust them in the playoffs. Nope. And then all these guys that they paid all this money to are injured all the time. Especially Stanton. I was not for Stanton getting getting traded. What a waste that is. And that's so many years back. We still have him signed for, what, six or seven seasons. That's a long fucking time that we're stuck yeah. with this dude. And that prevents yeah. – I wanted to see Clint Frazier to be the left fielder, and it's got to be now him. Um, it's they just – don't like him though, right? Clint Frazier? What? Yeah, he had some attitude problems. He had some really bad attitude problems. I think he started to change that, but it's just, yeah, he just had a bad attitude, like getting pissed about getting sent back to AAA and stuff. And, like, even though Dust Suck don't be vocal about it, but he did, and, you know, that rubs people the wrong way. I think when it comes to the Yankees, they need one more starting pit. They need another ace next to Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole did what he had to do, but no one else did. I know Tanaka's not going to be a free agent anymore, so we'll see if um, – I mean, he will be a free agent, so I don't know about re-signing him or they – you know, we have Delvey Garcia. I mean, as long as it, Boone doesn't take him out being a stupid analytical guy like he did in game two, that could be the future. We, we just need a really a second ace. No, far, I hate analytics. Like I, I think like I think analytics are fine for the regular season, but don't use them in the playoffs. I mean, we you saw the Blake Snell situation, I'm sure, right? right. Kevin Cash taking him. What do you think? Was that the right thing to do? No, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, I think it works. It's just tough to. I think it works over the course of the 162 games. Yep. But, uh, you know, in playoffs, there's just some matchups that, you know, you got to ride. 
you just have to go with your gut, and that clearly doesn't. But I do think the Yankees are fine. All I care about is, is re-signing Digi LeMahieu, and then um, it'd be cool if they brought Didi back. He's going to be a free agent. We need we need more lefties in the lineup. So like a Michael Brantley, if he came by to 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 go to left, that'd be cool. Lefty bat and stuff like that. But yeah. Yankees are re- championship ready. They just have to. Uh, I do think you're right. Clean house. If we don't win this season, or at least get win the pennant, then maybe it's time to reconsider things. Like Gary Sanchez, I don't, I don't know what they're gonna do about him now. They got, he's gone. He's... Did you know he's going to play fall ball in Venezuela this year? Winter ball. Oh, Either there's Dominican Republic. He's going to play winter ball this year to to help himself out. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just so tough because none of those guys are like are. None of their big bats are ever healthy, so you never really know, you know, what, you know, what's going to become, you know, what's going to happen. And Luke Voigt sucked in the playoffs, but he had a great regular season. I just, as long as they could keep DJ LeMayhew, I'll be fine. Um, What do you think they should do? I don't. I mean, you. I mean, you said already clean house. Besides Judge, who do you think it might be time to say like goodbye to? Hicks. Hicks is a bag of bones. I know he had Hicks. good playoffs, and but he's never. He's not healthy either, and he's like that. Kind, I don't like that kind. What he's like. He's still got like what six, five years left. On yeah, him. Cashman loves him apparently. Yeah, and he's like what, like thirty two. Uh, I believe so. I could confirm. Aaron Hicks is 31, but he just turned 31 in October. But yeah, pretty, you know, he's getting there. F- fine prime age, but they, they just need to, they need to shore up the rotation and just figure out, you know, what's going on with, it's, it's tough to say what they need to do just because the, they're kind of, limited and because the Stanton contract is just that just fucks everything oh man seriously dude it's tough but we'll see hopefully are they are they working on a new season like what's I saw the NBA is having a 17 game season right yeah, I think everything is um according to plan at the moment and uh you know, just waiting for for the big moment, for the big moment. Hey, can I ask you one thing? You know, you, Joe, are a Las Vegas Raiders fan, not an Oakland Raiders fan, a Las Vegas Raiders fan. I have to ask you, second in the NFC, in the AFC West so far, looking pretty good, much improved. John Gruden, besides, you know, getting in trouble for coat for masks, for not wearing masks. Die Corey in. Yeah, we, we definitely know who Gruden supported in the uh, <laughs> presidential race. <laughs> <laughs> how, how you feeling? You you like what your team's doing? You, you um Henry Ruggins looks like he's the shit. Um the tight end, um the tight end what's his name? Um Butler. Darren Waller looks like he's legit. Uh, Derek Carr being much more improved. How are you feeling about the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about what they're doing. Um, I mean, it's Carr's third year in the system. I think you're definitely seeing the improvements. And the thing about the criticism with, like, with Derek Carr, everyone, like, loves to 
say how he, he's not that good. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. They didn't have any, you know, you see what he can do with, with receivers that can, you know, actually spread the field. Yeah. Like, um, like Nelson Aguilar's, mm-hmm. you know, changed the offense. And I know he was like the most hated man. And, uh, in Philadelphia. <laughs> but fuck it. He's changing it now, right? Yeah, but he's, you know, he's been a really good addition. Ruggs was hurt early, but, um, you know, he stretches the field. I'm, I'm excited about his future. Um, and then the the offensive line is, has really been, like, the unsung hero of this season. They have their... I think they have the most expensive offensive line in the NFL, and they've only played, I think, five snaps together um, <laughs> the entire season because everyone's, you know, because yeah. before the Bucks game, like, the whole offensive line was home that whole week because uh, their starting of- right tackle had COVID. Um, so a lot of shuffling around there. But, yeah, very excited uh, about the future of the Las Vegas Raiders Uh out, you know, because a lot of their player, their core players are young. Um, Badass stadium too. A ton of money. Yeah, uh, it, there's just a lot to look forward to, and I love uh, the combination of Gruden and Mike Mayock. I love Mayock. <laughs> he's a great GM. Dude, he's really stepped up, and like, it's. They didn't expect. I know five and three. They might be able to pull off one of the wild cards, especially because they have an extra wild card team this year. And why not? Why not? You know, now starting to get in the grit. My Giants are. Why not? I mean, they're ready. Like, yeah, the Giants. You got to be excited about the Giants, right? They. Yes. I think Joe Judge might be their guy, right? So this is how I explain now. I know I've talked about it a lot throughout the episodes, but at this moment, I mean, even Daniel Jones. Looked good. He didn't have a turnover this week. Uh, you know, Evan Ingram got to stop with his butterfingers and us two with our line issues. But our line really has improved the last few weeks. Less penalties. Andrew Thomas isn't like a turnstile letting these people just pounce on him. Playing a lot better. Um, and if we beat Philly this week, we're back. We're somehow back in the playoff race. And if, if Dallas loses again, so. I'm, I feel much better than before, and I just hope Daniel Jones plays like he did last week. And if he plays like this for the rest of the year, then there's no reason to drop him. It really isn't. Do you think Danny Dimes is the future? Yes, I do think Danny Dimes is the future. He's proven in the rare times than the line did work. He can play. He's good on his feet. He is throwing. He is hitting his targets. Whether the receivers want to catch it or not, that's a whole other story. But I like his chemistry with Slayton. I uh, I think even him going Tate's been fine. I um I am going to take a leap of faith and said fine. I let the Jets take Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I actually growing up in like the New Jersey area. Obviously, a lot of my friends growing up were Giants and Jets fans. I actually dislike Giants fans more than. <laughs> Jets fans because the Giants obviously they had their Super Bowl runs. Yep. Like when I think what was it 2007 and 2011. Yep, that's our two years. Were they nine and seven four. both those years? Coincidentally, yeah. You know what's funny? We went the next year. We started eleven and one, and we didn't. That was the year Plaxico shot himself, and then we went wound up going twelve <laughs> and four, and then we lost. The yeah, we lost so in the playoffs after that. That's the shot, like. Jets fans are just so like miserable. They're like Raider fans. Like you, 
like yeah it just like the the franchise is just a disaster but giants fans like every like every year after the um the second super bowl like they'll start out you know they'll be like three and five and then they'll, they'll go they'll win like one game like oh like this could be the year like we could you know sneak into the playoffs <laughs> late and, and, and go on a run and they earn that right to think like that but it's just they're just so obnoxious like they'll be literally like two and seven and went like <laughs> beat the, the the washington football team <laughs> that's our big highlight you know what's funny? Gross man at the time. So this is true. Daniel Jones has only won five games in his career so far. You know, and he's won four of them against Washington. That's a true fact. Yeah. It's, uh, my goodness gracious. But, yeah, I can hear you. I do know a lot of asshole Giant fans. I think the Patriots fans are the worst ones. But yeah. I can see the entitlement come in with that and – Bragging rights and the Jets are just Boston sports fans are just so spoiled. They've seen it's amazing. If you in this decade they saw all their four major league teams win a title, that's insane. Like, right. uh, I mean, I remember this kid said he'd go on to seven parades and he was only 10. Seven, <laughs> I've only been to two, and um. Well, I went to the Yankee one. I mean, I got to appreciate that. And it's been a long time since since that day. And, um, oh, boy, I just I just need I need a deep breath. But I, yeah, it's been a tough seat. But it has been a stress for us Giants fans, too. I mean, we made the playoffs by, in 2016. Tough loss to Green Bay. And then but the other ones, we sucked. Yeah, that was, um, that was the, cool. the Odell uh, boat trip. The boat trip. Yeah. Yep, got in week 17, go on a boat trip with Victor Cruz and them, and then Odell didn't – I think he only had one catch that game. One catch in that playoff game. And you know what? You know who played well? Eli fucking Manning played well, Hall of Famer. And I will go to the – I will go in the trenches to argue that. Maybe not a first ballot, but I think he could get in. It's going to piss off so many people. I love it. I'm going to love it. And um, – I feel like I th- like – People don't hate Eli. Like, how could you hate Eli? Oh, I've, I've, I find a lot of people, more and more Jeff fans and whatever. I've seen a lot of people who hate Eli. I think, I think people can respect Eli. Yes, I take that back. They can respect and like him, but they just don't think he's a Hall of Famer. And I will debate with that. And um, that'll be sweet. MVPs, man. Yeah, only six other, five other quarterbacks have that. They're all in the Hall of Famers. Which include Terry Bradshaw, Joe, Joe Montana. Did you watch the game last night? The, uh, yes. Jets. Uh, yeah, Jets and Pats. Yeah, they were showing like Joe Flacco's stats on that playoff run when the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, when they beat in 2012. It was like the. It was like the only. Yeah, it was like the only time in his career he had four games in a row or three games in a row with like a quarterback rating above like 100 like whatever whatever like close to the max he really made the most out of his super bowl running being elite and uh i mean you know they made far in the playoffs to beat the patriots a couple times again yeah they did win that championship against san francisco but i think eli has a better chance to get in over joe flacco and he played do you think Hmm? flacco you don't think flacco is a uh hall of famer 
Probably not, right? No, I don't think so. I, I, I'd argue against. And I can understand why people... Matt Stafford? <laughs> no. <laughs> he's only won, like, two playoff games. I mean, he's brought Detroit to the playoffs, but... I mean, that's, he, dude, he's throwing for a ton of yards and a ton of touchdowns. Let me see. I how many... Like... I want to see how... Um... I want to see uh, – let me just see. If you mind me pulling up his stats real quick. Let me see his accolades. So, uh, Matt Stafford, he's only 32 years old. He's been in the league forever. He, you know him and Clay and Kershaw are boys? They grew up yeah, together. They, like, mention that every single time. <laughs> right? All right. So, um, you know, first-round pick, he's that's – 32. Yeah, right. He has one Pro Bowl. He won the Comeback Player of the Year. That's really it for. Okay, mo mo. Okay, this is kind of funny. Most years without a playoff win for a number one overall pick is eleven. Um, but he has like yeah, he's already at forty thousand yards, and um, I don't know. He he needs to win some playoff games. What? I mean, yeah, these are pretty nuts. You know, 270 touchdowns to 140 interceptions, a 62.5 completion rating. Um, his pass rating's at a 89. I mean, 43,000 yards, that is pretty impressive in a 10-year career. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll see your time would tell with Mr. Stafford. Uh, do you think, Aaron, do you think the different sport, does A-Rod, should A-Rod be a Hall of Famer even though he cheated? Yes, I love A Rod. I feel like A Rod like made a huge comeback. Oh yeah, PR wise, he was one of the best PR yeah. comebacks ever. He used to be the most hated man in sports, and then now married to J Lo, and they can't get enough of him. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I I think so. Right, like he's still he's still I don't know he still probably would have made it in with that. Oh, yeah. You know, my argument, does steroids make you a better player? Not necessarily. They make you better endurance and durability, and, and they might help you hit the ball farther, but they don't actually enhance your skill per se, you know? Right. I don't know. I, I, I just love A-Rod, so, mm. you know, throw him in the Hall of Fame. Is Derek Carr going to be a Hall of Famer? <laughs> we'll see. He's got to win some playoff games, though. Yeah. He's <laughs> He, yeah, he. People that criticize him don't—they criticize him because they don't watch, you know, the games. Yeah, they just hear what other people have to say. Yeah, and like the, you know, he has actual, you know, wide receivers that can stretch the field. You know, he's not throwing to washed up Jordy Nelson. And <laughs> Jordy knows. And then LaFell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no more Jared Cooks anymore or stuff like that. Jared Cook was a beast. I love Jared Cook. <laughs> he's he's one of my favorite Raiders of my uh lifetime. Just well, do, who, so bad and there's not a lot of And you're still loyal. The Raider fans are the lo- really loyal ones. I mean, imagine being a Raider fan when John Madden was coach and like Jim Plunkett was playing yeah, those well, badass days. That I can, I mean, I know they made they, uh, you know, tough rule. They made the Super Bowl the next year, but I was like six. So yeah, I, it, it, when they played against the Bucks. 
Yeah, in 2002. And then the next time they made the playoffs was my junior year of college in uh, 2016-2017 season. Um, And that was the season that Carr broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Right at the tail end, ready for the playoffs. Remember, there's a meme. They say, "Oh no, we suck again." From the Rob Schneider and the Water yeah. Boy. So uh, yeah. So I had to watch Connor Cook against the Houston Texans. Texans on a wild card weekend, <laughs> um, and they lost obviously. And then it's been a rebuild ever since. But things are are looking looking up. Uh, so very excited for both our teams. Yo, JDR, I hope one day if we see a Raiders Giants Super Bowl, we can see it together. Yeah, if if the Raiders make the Super Bowl, I'm not watching that at like a Super Bowl party. Like I'm watching that in my room. How? Yeah, like, I that's how I feel too. My team was playing the Super Bowl. Yeah, unless it was a party with all like true Giant fans or like you know actually give a shit about the game, then yeah, I'd rather have that intimate special moment i feel like the game is second like the super bowl is like the game is actually secondary oh yeah people really like it's all about the party right like they just go for the food and the halftime show and the commercials and then the real football fans like enjoy it it's so weird when you watch the super bowl and it's just so like like you know you're just watching a regular football game you're watching the other 20 weeks prior but they're just it feels so much slower Every little play counts, and, you know, at the end of the day, the Super Bowl is just another game, but just has the most stakes to it, you know? Right. Yeah, it's nuts. Where? Yeah, the Super Bowl. It's in Tampa this year, and I think they're actually going to let fans in pods. Really? Yeah. It's it's so funny how, like, the states that you'd think would allow fans. (laughs) Not even. They don't give a – Florida doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> or Texas, like they had the super, they had the World Series in Texas. It's amazing. They only had like eleven thousand fans, but it was still loud as fuck. Didn't te- which one of those states was close in the election? Was it Nevada? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia was the really close yeah. one. They played the Atlanta Stadium. That's nuts. Oh man, yeah, yo, that, uh, it was crazy. Um. Uh, are we uh, are we still recording? Yeah, yeah. I hope you have fun. We could wrap over you and at it for two and a half hours. I hope you've been ha- enjoying it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm having a uh, a great time. I'll uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having a great time. Just let me know when we're uh, we're off the uh, the record <laughs> and we can go into some more more stuff off the air. Absolutely, for sure. So. Um... I like to end the podcast now with the Proust questionnaire, which uh, I just started doing. You're the third person I've ever done this before. And um, I'm going to ask you 10 of these specific questions. Hmm? Your first 17 interviews. You didn't do it with your first 17 interviews. Nope, nope. I'm doing it for you specially, JDR. So you're going to start the trend for it. It's from Inside the Actor Studio. And I'm going to ask you these special questions and just be honest with them. And uh, I hope I'm excited for this part. You ready for it? Are any of them going to get me canceled potentially? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of hard if you canceled yourself to these questions, but I guess anything's possible in this world. (laughs) All right. 
with you all. All right. I don't know. I had them saved and the thing popped out. Um, 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 um. All right. So, are you ready for this? Yep. All right. Here is Inside the Actors. Oh, sorry. Here is the Proust questionnaire from Inside the Actors Studios. So, 10 questions, and we're starting now. All right. Ready? JDR. Like rapid fire, yes, no. No, they are they are short questions, but um, you know there is some thought to them. But they're they're easy questions. All right, number one, Joe, what is your favorite word? Favorite word, dude. Yep, dude. Good. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Can't. Great one. All right, what turns you on? And this is not sexual. I mean, it could be sexual, but it's like what turns you on in life motivation I like it what turns you off laziness great what sound or noise do you love I like the uh, sound of like wind blowing through the trees alright sweet I like that what sound or noise do you hate um ambulance sirens and mm. I, that's what I hear all day tell me about it what is your favorite curse word shit <laughs> what profession other than one that you're working on now would you like to attempt porn star Interesting choice. That is something to do with Um What is what profession would you not like to do? Construction. Okay. My last question for the day: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Let me in. <laughs> All right. So, JDR, we've learned a lot. We had some amazing real estate advice. Got uh, went down memory lane. Talked about our sports teams, and just had a lot of laughs and fun in between. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, sign off here? Uh, not much. I think I I said this earlier in the podcast, but really respect you for what you're doing, Maddie B. Um, you know, keep on going. Looking forward to what this podcast brings, and I'll be sure to listen. Thanks for that, having me on, Maddie B, aka Young Lord. <laughs> well, that means a lot, JDR and my buddy Joe. And thank you so much for coming on. I hope you want. Yeah. Hmm? What was that? The people's champ. The people's champ. The people's champ. Yes, the people's champ, Joseph Del Rio. I hope you want to come on again. I certainly would love to have you on again. I think. This was awesome. I got a lot out of it. And like like I said, you are the fucking best, man. And just thank you so much for coming on today. You are awesome. You're the man, Matty B. Thanks for having me. Of course. Till next time, Joe. This is my guy, Joseph Del Rio. And I'll see you really, really soon, bro. Peace, dog. And there you have it, folks. Oh, man. You just get a nice big smile when talking to Joe Del Rio. And I thank him very much for coming on the show. He did a great job. And with that, this is my last show of the week. I'll see you all again on Monday where I have the absolutely wonderful and amazing Abby Piger. 
We had a lot of great things to talk about. She had a lot of great things to say. So she'll be on on Monday. And for the rest of us who are appreciating the times and who are about to go into this Thanksgiving holiday, just most importantly, remember what the holiday is for. Be thankful, be appreciative, and live in the moment, especially after the hell of a year we've had. This will be one important Thanksgiving. And for whoever you're with, whoever you're there, because not everybody's going to have the same amount of people at the Thanksgiving table as they did last year, especially because of COVID and a lot of other unfortunate circumstances that life throws at us. Just please, please take the time to be happy and appreciative where you are and that you're breathing and that you're around people who love you. And everyone has someone that loves and appreciates them in this world, every single one. And so with that, enjoy your Thanksgiving, be safe, and again, to the greatest listeners and fans in the world, happy Thanksgiving. I hope it's the best one yet. I'll see you again on Monday. Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.